are listening to On The Topic, and welcome to a very special episode. Maybe you're tuning in for the Halloween special, or maybe you're just listening as an interested person in paranormal stuff. I'm Dan. And I'm really looking forward to another Halloween episode this year. They are the highlights of our podcast season. I really can't wait. I'm Alex. And this week, yeah, we, um, we're doing something a little bit different, Dan, aren't we? We are. Because last couple, what have we done for the last couple of years? We've been talking about this recently. Yeah. So uh, when, if you visit 2020, we did my and some of your personal experiences. Yes. In 21, we went across the UK. Oh, we did. Yeah, hot spots around the the, uh, the country. Yeah. And last year's episode, we really honed in on our sort of home area, so Portsmouth, South Sea, and all the surrounding areas. And it, it was. Bit of a creepy one. It was, and it kind of straddled folklore, didn't it? There were some mm. aspects where it, it, it kind of called back to that episode, which was, I think, OTT number four, is it? Folk Tales or something? It's one of the earlier ones we did. it was OTT two. There we go. So, yeah, it was um, it was a really good set of, um, of episodes. But this this week, or this year, we're doing something a little bit different, Dan. What are we doing? We have got guests. We do. We're being joined by Southern Ghost Society. So we'll have Dan and... Well, we don't know who is going to be joining him. It's going to be a surprise. It is. But no, it's going to be good. And we've got plenty of questions from you, the listener. So over the last couple of weeks, we've been asking you what you want to know. Um, is there any burning questions in terms of you know how you'd run a, a ghost... Is it ghost hunting? Would you call them ghost hunters? Yeah, uh, I guess ghost taboo? hunting or paranormal investigating. Paranormal investigation, that's cool. Either way, it, uh, both is fine. OK. Uh, about how they're run... Uh, any specific stories, and we've got some sound clips that we'll play back to uh, to the visitors very shortly. But yeah, it's going to be very exciting stuff. Yeah, got some phenomenal questions, and we've even got a sound bite. We do, which is kind of creepy. It is. So um, I'd leave the lights on for this one, listener, because I know I will be. Um, sit back, relax, because we're about to have a really interesting set of conversations. Let's hope you sleep well tonight. Well, hello and welcome back. We've got Southern Ghost Society with us. Uh, if you could both introduce yourself and how long have you been investigating the paranormal? Well, okay, I'll go first, Andy. Um, Thank you. Hi, I'm Dan. Uh, I started Southern Ghost Society. Um, 2010 was when we first formed as a team off the back of investigating with uh, other companies and other, other groups that are out there. Uh, yeah, so investigating... Probably sort of since 2006, I would say, with Southern Ghost Society forming in 2010. Right Right there through to now, yeah. So it's been a a long old slog. Yourself? Um, I'm Andy. I've been investigating probably not as long as Dan there, because I started at uh, at SGS, but went somewhere with another group for a little little tiny bit beforehand. Yeah, you cheated on us a little bit. Yeah, sorry (laughs) about that. So, yeah, that was probably about 2011, so about, about 12 years. It's a long time when you think about that, isn't it? A lot, long time, lots yeah, of investigations. Because I've been doing these investigations with you guys for about 10 years now. Yeah, yeah, nearly from the start. Long. Yeah, well, yeah, a couple of years shy of the start of us. So, yeah. It's Interesting. A lot of places. Yeah. Mm. So many places. So, sort of just to latch on about you starting up some ghost sites, you started up with Lee and your dad. Yeah. Um, so, my dad actually asked, what made you want to start SGS initially? Was it a personal experience or. If so, yeah, what was it? So, personal experience from the start, but 
I'm I'm 44 next couple of weeks. So no way. Yeah, you don't absolutely. look Absolutely. Thank you very much. <laughs> I always thought it was our age, Alex. <laughs> if only there was a video, you know, we'd get some <laughs> for all the other. Yes, I'm 44 in on the 24th. So my my experience my my experience took me back to about I was about 13, and um, it so yeah, it, it stemmed from there. Uh, an experience that happened away from an investigation, away from anywhere that I was mm. expecting, being a bit naughty, which I'm, go- I'm probably going to park that experience no, because no, a question. Oh yeah, because yeah, because of you know, sort of further down the line. But uh, yeah, so an experience happened, and then. I've always been scared of my own shadow. The the family have always prided themselves on me jumping and me being uh, a bit of a worse, a bit, you know, a bit, a bit I, I guess, a, 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 yeah, very mouthy, but yeah, a little, a little bit sort of jumpy, you know, in dark spaces or you know, not that brave. And then so the family got together one Christmas and found it funny to book me on a myself, my dad, and my brother on a paranormal investigation. Um, up at Topry Castle in Derby, and um, talk about a deep end, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it was—it literally was a—it was a—it was a seven until four in the morning in a castle, and yes, yeah, so they booked us on it. And yeah, driving—it literally was getting in the car and driving back from that. I turned to my dad and my brother and said, "We could do this." And he's like, "Listen, Dan, we've only been on four investigations. You know what? What, what are you talking about? You know, it was a tired, mm. tired, long conversation back from Derby. We were driving all the way home. It was snowing. But I said, listen, positioned in the right way, like we had the best night, the best night ever. However, I stood in one room with thirty other people in one of the most haunted rooms in in the UK, if not Europe." Mm. And all I could feel was the person next to me breathing. And they're saying, you know, the you know, Mary, Mary Queen of Scots was in here. She was this, that, and the other. But actually, and I felt the atmosphere of the room, but then thought that I'd like to be in here with five people, six people, rather than 30. Yeah. So actually, driving back, I said, I wonder if there is a group out there that don't look at putting as many people on an event as possible to make as much money as possible. Mm focus on the experience of the event rather than like I say rather than the money side of things or rather than trying to cram as many people in and I went home and researched for about about it wasn't long about <laughs> three or four weeks so I went to, went to research and spoke to people spoke to groups sort of went to met, met a few people and just found that I was turning up with 20 30 30 people in venues that you know were, were really small so I so I um yeah so that was it and then and then one day, Burzell and Brickworks, which is right right near our house, right in Southampton, it's an mm. old Brickworks, big venue. I emailed this woman. She was the only person to come back to me, and then she rang me and she said, "Oh, um, uh, yeah, okay, you can come and investigate." And she said, "We'll give you a couple of weeks' grace to get a deposit together," which is perfect because we had no company, we had no society. It was just me and a really wacky idea. And she said, "What's the name?" And I went. Southern Ghost Society. She went, oh, I've heard of you. And then the blood must have rushed from my face because I was thinking, now I've just quoted someone else's company, you know. So I literally came off the internet and I I typed in Southern Ghost into Google and there wasn't one. There's Southern Ghost Society Illinois, so it's a .com, uh, but there was no Southern Ghost Society. There was there was Southern this and Southern that. South so Coast Ghost Club. Yes, yeah. We called all, all manner of things. But literally went on to domain names and bought Southern Ghost Society dot UK dot UK dot everything I could. Quickly grabbed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, grabbed it, and then yeah, sort of secured the name, and then released. I literally went. I I designed a ticket for the Brickworks. I yeah for the for, for Burns and Brickworks our first ever event. Designed some tickets, printed them out at home. And just sold them to my mates in a pub, and just mates that were interested. It was the worst of them. We had, we had no equipment, we had no nothing. We were just a month down the line, and then 
in the end, we just went. We went onto um, one of the companies and we bought some, some real basic equipment. And I remember going out and standing up in front of people. And but I was always confident of positioning it in the right way. So never try and say I'm the big, I'm the this big ghost hunter. I've been doing it for years. It was all about come along, share the experience. Mm. This is my ethos. This is what I want to do. I want to get as little people into an area as possible at the cheapest ticket, possible price. Mm. And share our experiences, and I think that we've sort of stuck to that right the way through. And yeah, so that's what happened in 2010. But yeah, that's where we were born. That's where it came from. It's phenomenal. It's a, it's yeah. Well, I've never known that Carol. story. Have you not? <laughs> no. And now you know story. it's gone from four, you know, four, you know, some, sometimes up to 40 events a year. We've been on TV through twice now. You know, different podcasts in America, and that. it's been it's it's a hobby that's grown completely out of control. And how I'm still <laughs> married, I don't know, because <laughs> my wife is the most forgiving person in the world. But yeah, I'm. I'm here, I'm here, there, everywhere, just out investigating and, and doing things. But yeah, it's now it's now a well-oiled machine. We've got a website that runs, people can buy tickets and yeah, just turn up and investigate. But yeah, that's the story of where we came from. So this is what I was saying when we started the intro, um, you know, your, your non-profit. And that's yeah. what makes a nice, you know, I've been yeah. on paranormal investigations with other groups where they want as much money out of your pockets as possible because they, they don't care about your experiences. Nope. I did, um, I'm not going to name the group, but it was on the HMS Warrior. And you know, my dad's got this unique way of working the rods, and we got Jack the painter through. And it turned out this he was was this real thing. We'd never heard of him before. You know, burning down dockyards as a Jacobite in the 1800s, I think it was. And uh, he just sort of debunked. He said, "Oh, yes, yeah, a well-known story." And that was it. Like we mm. went off, and we were like so deflated. But actually, when we come to your events, you always listen. You're always interested, and that's always a good thing for us. Yeah. No, definitely. I think it's the way it's got to be. It's about, like I say, it's about people sharing our hobby and it's about people sharing what we do rather than we're this big team that stands there and you come mm. along and you're paying mm. the money. It's never been about money. If anything, it's 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 the biggest, but it's probably the one thing I moan about all the time, money-wise, about what venues are charging and what other ticket prices are. But yeah, it's... And how to get the least amount of people in a location as possible. Yeah, mm. I think that's it's a massive problem for us because... I might put an event on that's, which is maybe £38 and uh, one of our competitors might put it on at 25 Well, that 25 that other company will take 40 people. I'm yeah. doing £38, but there might only be like nine of you. There might be only nine of us, like two in each area, which mm. for anyone that's ever been on a paranormal investigation or a ghost hunt, the little people as possible the, you know, to really heighten your senses and really get the best out of the night. There's nothing better than sitting in a room or a cell or a tunnel with just two of you, you know. For people that are interested, there's nothing yeah. worse for people that Noise aren't. Noise pollution, <laughs> horrendous. Yeah, absolutely. And you're adapted depending on which location it is. So yeah. Some, when you go there, like this this can't take more than 15 people tops yeah. because of the contamination between it or the yeah, size I mean, of it. I've actually been on a venue where I had a walk around. It was a venue in Portsmouth. I had a walk around and I thought I had more time than, more area than we did. So when we did the walk around and paid the deposit, she said, took us through different floors and stuff. And when I got there, when I got there, it was all roped off. We just had one room upstairs, one room downstairs, and a cellar. And I actually phoned people on the night and said, listen, the people that I knew, if yeah. Andy would have been on it, I would have phoned him and said, Andy, turn around, I'll refund the money. It, I can't get, I can't give you the experience you want. And, mm. you know, when it comes to refunding money, it, I lose out on things like that because I've paid the venue, but yeah, yeah. it's not about that for me. I'd rather I'd rather people not come along. Um uh, yeah, and have it, or come along, or not come along, and have a bad experience. I don't care about what people have paid. I'd rather just have people on it for the right reasons and for the right size. But yeah, there's been venues where we have said there's going to be 15, and then we get there and think next time it's got to be a 10. And yeah, but yeah, and I think the best where I say that's difficult for us is someone might look at my website and think 
God, they're expensive. Well, or they, actually, or they sell it quickly as well. Yeah, yeah they sell it really quick. But they're, <coughs> they're really tickets. expensive, and I, I do get emails from public that say, "Why are you twenty pound more expensive than anyone else?" I'm like, "Well, come along, and you'll see." Yeah. Or go with them, and then tell me how your experience was. But I'd vouch for that. Yeah, hundred percent. Cool. And how about you, Andy? How, how have you got into it? And how, has it always been a, an interest, or how, are you f- affiliated with SGS? So, kind of a professional capacity in some way. So it was, uh, it was, it was like a childhood his- interest for me. So I used to always go to the library and check out all the paranormal books, and just, just it just fascinated me. This concept, there's a big mystery out there, and no one really knew anything <coughs> about it. It was just mm. lots of superstition and, and lots of stories. And I thought, this must be something to this. And eventually, my girlfriend bought a ticket to uh, Wood Man- Winchester Mansion with with another group. And I went along there, and it was it was great. We first investigation, we went along with like hundreds of pounds worth of equipment. Not even sure we wanted to do it, but we thought <laughs> we're going to do this. We're going to do it right. So yeah. I bought all the stuff from America, and we just went out there. I had a good night, and I had a, I had, a, I had a first experience like on that night. But also the group was difficult. There was no control. Everyone was just running around and screaming. Right. So I thought I really wanted this again, but I need to find somewhere with some people who who want to kind of do the investigation and actually control it and know what they're doing and uh, that's when I went with SGS and, um, and Dan's dad actually said to, said to us on the night he looked at us and said you guys don't know what you're doing we'll just you just have the area down there it's better than brickwork so yeah. you can have the area down there that's, that's who it was you just crack on there you, we're, we're going over there just do your own thing I thought that's that's nice Yeah, I've no idea what I'm doing but it's lovely <laughs> <laughs> I did. I actually said that. I actually said on the back on the back of that story that I said if I would have found a group like the way we do it, Southern Ghost Light probably wouldn't have exist, existed because right. that's all I wanted was an mm. area to play with my gadgets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an area to go along and be able to not do what I want to do, but get involved where I need to get involved. But actually, just being able to express myself in a way that I want to investigate that way or I want to try it this way. But yeah. Yeah, and, it was, yeah. And, and the whole team is interested in doing it. So there's yeah. not there's not people going along just to facilitate, or yeah. or there just to get people in the door, and then they could just sit in a in a room and just have a sandwich, waiting for them to finish their thing. Everyone was involved in it, and interested in it. It, yeah. was, it was everyone's shared hobby, which is pretty much what we say in each investigation. It's yeah. just everyone's interested in this and wants to get involved. Mm. And I think that's kind of what happens as well when we're investigating. It's not so much that we're kind of showing people what to do as, as trying to involve them and find out what they want to do mm. and then just kind of put that together with how we're, we're doing the investigation that night. It's quite... You tend to go to them and feel like you're all working together mm. as opposed to you've got members of the public, team members. There's kind of... Right. There's a bit of a blur in that that you end up naturally and end up people who just tend to go to all these all these ones yeah. and you end up with this kind of little core group who just goes to everything and, I don't know, it's, it's quite yeah. a nice organic way of growing. Definitely. But over time, I just kept on developing different bits of kit, which I was interested in the things I was trying to learn about the paranormal. And um, at some point, I thought, this would be quite useful to kind of share amongst the whole team. So it's not just me and my girlfriend doing this. I thought, let's get some more data out there and get more people involved. So... I was at this party with Dan and waited until we'd had a couple of drinks and said, do you mind if I put a wrist recorder on everybody who goes to the investigation? Yeah, like, he went, yeah it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I just, it, it, you know, for me, running it with a full-time job with a wife and two kids, it, it's tough, you know. It's, yeah. Like I say, for there's a thousand members that, you know, are emailing all the time, different venues, trying to do, get, juggle everything. For Andy then to step forward and go, let me monitor these events for you. I was like, absolutely. That's rub absolute my hands. Dream, isn't it? Yeah, rub yeah. my hands together. You know, it took a big weight off my shoulders. So 
being able to sort of investigate in the way we do and set up the way we do has allowed people like Andy to come on board and it's made us stronger it's made it's made us stronger than mm. you know there's not one t- everywhere every venue we go to we sort of share how we record and stuff there's not many that turn around and go well that doesn't seem very good or I wish I no. wish I had an Andy and Beth a lot of people do I say hear that more <laughs> I, wish I, had, you know, I wish you were involved with what we do which I'm, we're, we're forever thankful for as a society you know it's an interesting segue because I Dan will go on your events and he'll come back and say, "I've just done this. It's it's this that, and it puts hairs on the back of my neck." Because <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm guess I was like you, which was you know I'm a bit of a scaredy cat, but I, I'm obviously interested in what Dan does in his spare time. I've tried to talk you into these things, but you won't come. <laughs> Maybe in a couple of years. You know. <laughs> um, but I mean, I I don't have a particular view of what an investigation looks or feels like, and I guess. Perhaps that's what some of our listeners are are more kind of keen to understand. So, what, what you kind of given an idea about your ethos and your philosophy, perhaps. Yeah. But what what would a not a typical, but what would an average kind of night or event look like for someone who was kind of going on one of these things? I got a brief overview when I came to North Fort yes. in uh, Dorset. Uh, we came really early actually, and you sort of took us around. But yeah, I suppose from, from our listeners' perspective, what what does that entail? So there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes, and I think yeah. that. It's great to have myself and Andy here tonight uh, because we'll give you two different two different answers to that. Because yeah, I think yeah. that from a research point of view, or from a prepping, from a, mm. a yeah, a research and, and getting ready for an event, and for me, it's the it's the beavering around and getting set up and making sure the insurance, the risk assessment. So for us as a group, when I when I research a venue, you know, we do use things like Most Haunted and and the TV programs, which have got lots of stigma attached to them in terms of the way they investigate and stuff, but. For me, when we first started, they were imperative because they would be a TV program that would flash up floor plans and give yeah. us ideas. And oh, wow. Yeah, okay, so yeah. I used those. I would almost skip through and say, right, okay, we've, got the, op- we've got the opportunity to investigate <laughs> you got your this. research there. Absolutely, yeah, because yeah, it's there. And then you'd watch it from a... And Andy always says that. I always say, no matter where people go, <clears> what people do is, how can I split it down? In your opinion, how many people can go in that area? That's the way I always look right. at some. So for me, it's about... So from a planning point of view and what people can expect is the work that I do is I'll go in, to an, I'll go in and, and meet the person or, or speak on the phone if we've never been there before. I have to conduct a risk assessment. We're insured to up to £5 million, I think it is now, per, per, venue, per venue. So we're, we're, fully, we're fully insured. The risk assessment's done. And then what I look at is... So from a, from a costing point of view and, and, and a ticket point of view, I look at the least amount of people that I or the most amount of people I think I can take you know splitting we always split into three groups uh, building permitted split into three groups move around three times it's an mm. age old whether you investigate with us or with anyone it's a, it's a standard format half an hour break in the middle for tea coffee and, and whatever people want to do and then we go back out again normally sort of trying to thaw out it's freezing so we're normally there yeah trying to fall back out again so on a standard investigation there's three areas we normally arrive there about an hour to an hour and a half before I'll go through we'll look at acoustics and how how sound carries so right, for okay. us it's big about noise pollution so let's let's look at it's not just how we can split a venue it's actually how we can split a venue with the least amount of pollution so maybe sometimes we test that as well like yeah. go to one you say upstairs and stomp around a bit and see yeah. if we can hear you down here so we know that if oh, right. if one team's going to be up in that area oh, I see. the other team needs to be further yeah. away so and then sometimes we think right well the buildings say the building square and there's an upstairs and downstairs a lot of groups will go into two one upstairs one's downstairs we might go into we, we'll go to two but then we'll say right you take the left hand side building for the hour, half an hour we'll take this and then we'll radio mm. through and then we sort of swap over right. it's sort of activity permitted so yeah what people can expect on our investigations is 
come come along. We 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 meet and greet people at the at the door. They'll come on in. Uh, we do like tea, coffee, refreshments, and so on. We do a welcome meeting. We don't ever do a history tour, or we don't ever do a a tour, or a a ghost tour as such. Yeah. Like this person, because we want <coughs> yeah, to try. This is where you saw a hangman just yeah. that corner over there. Yeah, we want to try and keep it as authentic as possible. <coughs> Can't stop people re- researching it. You know, when I no. when I put it onto the website, there's this ghost here and that ghost there, but actually. We don't give names or occurrences and so on. We might give someone, if the venue is huge and we're relying on people navigating themselves mm-hmm. around, then we may give a bit of a tour to say, right, area one, area two, area three, but mm-hmm. that's where we're going to do a welcome meeting so we just sort of introduce people. We what, we what we do as well is, whether it's your first investigation or whether it's your hundreds investigation, we have a, a, a team leader kit box which contains almost one of each of each or most probably two of each of each equipment that we use so one of my team leaders me and a team leader we split down into the three groups and then we'll talk you through each piece of kit so how it works why it works what sets it off what doesn't set it off what we're looking to do what we're not looking to do how we're going to be using stuff so we so we try and it's about you coming on an event and not feeling like an outsider so i want to try and rather than go into an area and go right that's fashion and I want people to say, actually, Dan, that's fashion because that's red and that's got hotter or that's gone blue right. and that's gone colder. So we mm. try and make sure that every single person event has a base knowledge of how we're going to be setting up and then general health and safety. And then we go out yeah. for about an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes, depending on the time we got in the venue. And then we go out and investigate. And then we set ourselves up, making sure everyone's aware of the equipment we're using, make sure everyone's comfortable with what we'll be doing, give a bit of a brief tour of the area we're investigating. Do a bit of a sound check to make sure we're feel where it's a. I'm going to say feel. Yeah. Sometimes you, you kind of go into an area and you wander around a little bit. Yeah. And then at some point you go, yeah, this feels like a good place to spot. Oh, someone else yeah. said like, oh, this feels weird. You think, oh, me, me too. Let's stop here. Yeah. Isn't it weird? You get to a certain room and there's just like this weird vibe. And it's always like I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's almost like pins and needles on yeah. the back of your neck. We call it uh, Spidey sense. Yeah. Spidey sense. <laughs> yeah. It's one of our favourite superheroes. Well, there you go. We always yeah. say to people as well, this, listen, you're in the most safest environment to say you're feeling something or you, you, yes. you're you getting a name in your head. So I always yeah, say to people, I always say that, people, yeah, always people you, if you're standing in a pub and you suddenly shout out the name Pete, people are going to look at you like you're mental. But actually in here, if you get a name coming to your head or you get that sort of Spidey sense feeling where you think, or actually, like whether you're experienced or non-experienced, you'll walk into a room and think, this doesn't feel empty or doesn't feel mm. the way it should feel. Use it. That's so, exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly, because that yeah. helps us. Because remember, we, we have castles, prisons, dungeons, tunnels that huge like, areas. People go, where are going to start? And we've got our preconceived ideas of where we, if we've been there before. But actually, we don't want to lead too much. So actually, no. we don't want to discount an area because it wasn't or active this, last time. Or the other point is, is that even though we don't share the history of people, yeah. um, I, myself and my partner put a lot of work into actually researching the history of the place before we go. Mostly, so if during the night something comes up, some, a name comes up, for example, you can validate it, I yeah. can validate and then maybe kind of help edge the question towards something which would validate something that happened in the past. Mm. So see if the questioning can be steered towards a date or, or an event or something without actually saying the answers. Yeah. It does feel a bit like a game show sometimes. Really does. Do, <laughs> yeah, it really does. But <laughs> it's it so much easier to say, 1934, <laughs> come on. But actually, it's, actually they're, you know, they're edging towards it and they're getting mm. nearer and it's, yeah, it's, it's fascinating when that comes up. I guess it's a form of trying not to contaminate 
the environment, right? Because you don't want someone to to be steered in a particular way, or you want them to come to their own conclusions. Yeah. Mm. I think that that sounds quite authentic as an experience. Because I mean, I've I've, I've got preconceptions, but I mean, yeah, you know, what what you see on TV, and you kind of like, well, I know it's for TV, I know I'm an audience, but you do feel as though people are led in a direction, and they come to a natural logical conclusion and actually yeah. sounds like you're letting people have whatever want, event they want whatever they craft you're just giving the tools and the safe space to do so absolutely I think it's, we were talking about the kit box earlier yeah. as well that it's it's not just stuff that beeps it's kind of there are some more spiritualist yeah, focused t- things tell us about this kit box I'm intrigued what's, what's in your box of tricks well <laughs> so <laughs> Dan's in, told in me about rods tricks, and stuff yeah. but what's, what's in there yeah so you, there is a couple of dozen rods yeah. and you keep a, a glass there for using the um, spirit board if people are interested in, in, in doing that yeah which not everyone is, and some people don't feel like they're comfortable with it. Some people do, and uh, in the right environment and control from the, the team leaders to kind of put people in the right direction, then it tends to be fairly safe. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but moving on from that, then we have some EMF meters, uh, like a K2 meter. Yeah. And um, and these measure like um, waves, don't they? Electromagnetic yeah. field, yeah. We yeah. always say that, you know, from a K2 meter point of view, to bring it into the real world, it's a similar sort of technology that an electrician will use to find a wire in a wall. So it's right. trying to pick up a current. So I always try to try and bring the equipment from away from this sort of ghosty world into mm. actually what's this used for in the real world or what yes. this sort of technology you would use and so yeah they, that's sort of equipment it's picking up a current it's picking up an emf it's picking up an energy um yeah that's what we meant by sort of emf and then but likewise also you you use that to, to baseline when you're yeah. walking around the room sure at the start when you're kind of looking for where you want to stop you're doing this as well to see if you can find any junction boxes or switches or yeah server rooms or, or all manner of things just so when you stop and you put it down then you know there's an anomaly because it wasn't there before mm-hmm. It's a lot more than turning lights off and dressing up in white sheets and chasing each other. <laughs> that, would be. That, that would be easier. Yeah, it would be a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. There's so much more. I guess, going back to the original <clears throat> question, that's sort of what someone would expect. But then obviously you do on your research, don't you? So Andy will look into the building, the venue, the history, the gem from anyone associated with the building, won't you? Yeah, as well? but so. we kind of... Yeah, there's, there's two different types of history when it comes to, to paranormal investigation. You get paranormal history and actual history and the mm. paranormal history is like all the, the stories which have kind of led people to think that it's haunted and you have actual history which is then things you can find in newspapers and sometimes they, they they match quite often they don't but that doesn't actually mean that one thing is more true than the other mm. and that's what we tend to try and look at without steering it towards it but when the name comes up like the painter fella yeah Jack the painter Jack the painter it's you kind of you'd follow that that train trying to get some more information about it, but mm. I'm not sure if if uh, Dad knew about him in, in before or not. No, we didn't know anything. So yeah, that's, that's, that's paranormal history has met real history there. Yeah, yeah. It's always the wash-ups as well because of course when you've got three mm, groups course. where you're not talking to each other through like each break, you get to the end. If you get two groups that say the same name, it's like wow. Yeah. Okay, now that's really cool. Even cooler is when you get that across several investigations yeah yeah I did think of that so one thing we do which is definitely different to what I've seen in, in other teams is is record everything per investigation so then we can do this, these cheat sheets and then see what we crapped last time what information was there last time right. and so if we get again and again and again and um, we can see a bit of a pattern one thing we've introduced fairly recently is is just recording snippets of random information so like dates and names or events just so then we can go back, we can see if we're hitting the same notes 
again and again for places yeah. we go to do like yeah, yeah. 30, 40 times because you might go there and get random you know from random numbers or a mm. date and you think it doesn't match any of the research oh, it doesn't match the venue where we're at you know I think a, a, another one of the good things we had we had the name uh, I don't, I'm not going to say the venue but we had the name Elizabeth come up um, who was a lady of the night but actually we were at a venue where it was known it was a war venue so it actually didn't make any sense at all mm. first time it come through we were like, okay, well, that, like, it doesn't make, it does, just doesn't make sense from no. where. Yeah, I think you were talking. You were, you were talking to some soldiers. Yeah, and then suddenly, and then suddenly this, this, yeah. this, someone came through, and it was on on a board, and I'm sort of standing there making my notes and writing Elizabeth down and dates and what she was doing there. And then it wasn't for like probably about two years afterwards. We're doing another board, and the only the only common denominator was me, who I don't touch. I don't touch the board. I'll set it up. I'll do the opening. I'll make sure it's all safe and ready. And I tend to maroon, maroon myself. I'm like, actually, it was myself and Heather and. Heather was doing the board, but she wasn't involved in the first session. And then the name Elizabeth came out, and I was like, that's "Whoa, cool. that's like we've had this person. We've had this person come out three times. Now there's no Elizabeth in any history books, any records. She wouldn't be from her profession and what she'd been doing down there. And she she told us she told us about she's come down and visit the the sailors or the or the, yeah. the, the navy men or the army men. She's come oh, down why? and yeah, but so she would never be in the history books. But no, no, but it's always in the same room. Over, we've caught her in the same room <clears> over. Once on the rods, um, twice on a, on a on a Ouija board over a space of five years, and we and but then that can't you can't get that from any history no. book. There was no comment. Like, there was no one else on the investigation. I went back straight away and thought, right, because we keep a record. Everyone who's come, we've got all that. So I went back for right that name there. Nope, they went on it, ticking people <laughs> off to make sure there's no one that no, no one sticks in the net in five yeah. years. So yeah, things like that. It's just about keeping yeah, as we're, much we're data trying to get possible. better at that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Spot all the, the like dates. I think we we kind of they're hard to remember. Like yeah. that date keeps coming up in the same room. Yeah, you wouldn't really remember that. Nah. No, but then we're recording that now, so we can always go back to it and say, actually. 1835 came up before. Well, there's got to be some sort of correlation because that's the yeah. third time we've got it in this venue. So there's a lot more to go on than like and, I say. And then, just... you, then you use that sort of thing. So you kind of look at what was going on in that building at that sort of date, mm. and you go back and then you, you start talking about those stories, you start yeah. talking about what was happening there, and then seeing if that then helps progress. Yeah, almost sounds like there's an element of like detective work Absolutely. because you're, very much so. You've got to go there. You've got to try and get a connection or something. I don't, I don't know what the terminology is. Connection or a... yeah, yeah. I say, I say communication. Yeah, communication. Yeah, bit whatever. Yeah, something. I mean, it's, yeah, it's interaction. It's communication. There's an intent yeah, to, to reach out, and then afterwards you've got to go and well, what's this all about? And is there something in the history books or the census? And yeah. I think that's quite interesting. There's there's a number of different kind of facets of an investigation that I never really appreciated. Yeah. So again, I haven't been, been on one, and it might be after today. I might do. Excellent. Um, I think you should. <clears throat> I think you should. But um, it, it sounds really interesting because you're you're not just turning up and having an experience and saying, "I right, see you later." It's mm. a, oh, actually, there is a story here, and we want to learn more. And yeah. mm. if you want to, you can. And I think that's so interesting that you can try and find about these lives. Yeah. It's not just about the night; it's about afterwards, which Absolutely. I think is a great aspect. I think naturally, when something what, what we think might be supernatural, we try and debunk it first. Yeah. You know, if you hear a noise, okay, what could that be? Oh, I see. And yeah. if you can't figure it out, then maybe it is. But of course, that's where Andy's equipment comes yeah. in. And that's yeah. what we do when we review it as well. When you get, you go back and so so this let's talk about this all the setup maybe then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I mentioned that all the all the team leaders wear these audio recorders, but apart from that, uh, we also have audio recorders in in some buildings, like every room, as well as outside the building, and. Uh, on these uh, data loggers we use. So each team then has a data logger which records constantly the different environmental conditions. 
as well as, again, a control outside the building. So then after the investigation, all that is synced up, all the video that we've, we've captured and audio, and during the night on these data loggers, we also flag when something happens. And it's, it makes it easier for people to record that because you just click the button, yeah. you say... I've just heard a, a noise, and that's all we have to worry about doing, as opposed to writing down time, who, all this stuff. It's yeah. just, it's just you can keep moving almost. Definitely. When I'm, I'm doing, I just mm. and just say, say a little bit, and then just we just keep going. But that's been brilliant isn't it, from an investigator, like talking about bringing that into the real world. So Andy, Andy and Beth did that for us, and it's 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 fantastic. So we've got the whole place locked down. We know who's moving where, mm. or we like I say, like, it's not just about the team leaders being locked down. There's been many times yeah. where we've, we've yeah. mic'd Dan up and we've <laughs> mic'd, trust me. You know, we've mic'd loads. We mic as many people up that are comfortable enough. And but there's been times where I've, I've sat in a room and I've on staff's been calling out so I've said listen you know, I know that there was one space for instance there was a nursery upstairs so I said listen if there's any is anybody here you know the typical anybody here mm. can you, can we make a noise and suddenly I had the duk, 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 like footsteps above and straight away as a group we were like oh my god like, I'm like calm down calm down like if that's you make a bang and again <clears> the <throat> bang happened okay so it's coming from the room upstairs so as an investigator right okay guys we need to try and have a look or whatever so we press the button record it and then, so we sort of carried some. We were able to. Uh, I did because the noise was so brilliant and it's so responsive. I left, and so I left the room, up the stairs, into the room. No one there. Came back down, said to the guys, "No one in that room." Right. So we know. So from an investigation point of view, we're buzzing because we've yeah. caught. Mm. We've asked something to happen. It happened. At that point, I pressed the buzzer. Say, Andy, footsteps in nursery. And then, so we're at. So that that the button is a data logger. Andy then goes back and listens, and he knows that everyone's mic'd up. Unfortunately, unfortunately for me, my beautiful brother went, <laughs> had had a thought that no one was investigating the nursery, so he'd put a voice recorder in it. So he's come across the wooden floor, put a voice recorder in it. I've called out at the exact time, but on the floor below, any footsteps. He's gone in to put a voice recorder down, and the two occurrences that right. just corresponded. So Andy's gone, listen, absolutely caught the footsteps. It's your brother. <laughs> so, so, so that's another way that it's not just about trying to dine on different experiences, but it's ruling out stuff that we know yeah. is not paranormal. So it's we're able to, it's, it's caught some brilliant stuff for us, but it's also yeah. debunked quite a lot of stuff for us as well. So we're not just about saying, right, their footsteps, everyone heard a footstep, everyone yeah, goes home yeah. happy. We're able to go, listen, we know we heard footsteps, but at that time and what I wouldn't have seen the voice because I went up the stairs and round he'd gone the other way so we mm. just like two ships that passed in the night I'm thinking I've got the best evidence I've ever got and then Andy ruins it for me the next Sorry. day by yeah. telling me but, <laughs> but it's good because then yeah. you, know, we're, you know we're looking at we're looking at real experience I know you said about you know looking for the I mean probably one of the cheesiest things I say in an investigation we're looking for the normal before paranormal so we need to look at what could it be what, what could it be mm. naturally is it the heating turning off, so the radiators are rattling. Is there wooden flooring? Has someone scraped a chair? And it's once you sort of sift through that, sort of to try and find the little gold pieces, like trying to find that 20% or that, actually, do you know what? We've looked at everything it could be and it's nothing. Then you investigate right. it rather than 100% everything's a ghost, you know? And yeah, so I think that the way we record, the way we data log, mm. it's been vital to us to the, to the sort of, to be able to, with confidence, say, this is a class A bit of evidence, or mm. this is a, this is this is definitely paranormal, and also where it happened. Yes. So the, another example. So same scenario. Yeah. So in the room, people were in there. They heard footsteps in the room above. Though no one, no one actually went this time to go and check it out, but because I've an audio recording there, everything synced up, went and checked. There were no footsteps in the room room above. So people heard the room above, someone walking on the floor, room room above, nothing at all. So those 
footstep sounds were only in the room they were yeah. in, but they just sounded like they were coming from the ceiling. Wow. Odd, isn't it? One of the most mind-blowing experiences, I'd say, that we could never explain. It was definitely paranormal. I was, I was with Lee and my dad, and we were at the secret location. Yep. See, I can't name it, because no. otherwise I'm going to destroy any prospects. It's the worst secret in, in, is, in the paranormal We want to go world. back there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're back there uh, yeah. uh, next month, aren't we? We are, yeah, the 14th. Um, so we went in, we put a cat ball down, and it just kept going off. It didn't stop, it just kept going off. So Lee picked up the cat ball, turned it off, put it back on again, and it stopped. He went, well, if that was you, can you do that again? And out of nowhere, this ethereal female voice went, no. <laughs> and we were like, what? <laughs> I think this is like pre, you know, all the good equipment you've got now. Yeah. But it's a shame we didn't have that stuff at the time. Because yeah. to pick that up, that would have been phenomenal. And, and Dan, when you say a cat ball, okay. is this official... It literally is a cat ball. It is. Paranormal investigative tech. So we spent the first five years <clears throat> with ping pong balls, tennis balls... Bouncy balls. Bouncy balls. That we're sitting there going, did that move? That's definitely moves, isn't it? Right. But actually, because it's dark, and they're... So we, still, we did some glow-in-the-dark ones, and we're still... Because you are got your torches and stuff, they yeah, look like they're moving yeah. about it. And then someone came on one of our investigations, and it's the first time that I ever saw them, but they are cat disco balls. So mm. they are a ball with a button on the top, with a circuit inside. And a little you, tilt sensor. Yeah, yeah, tilt sensor. So the moment right, the cat hits okay. it, it flashes. Yes, So yes. it is a cat ball. We need to think of a better name, Dan, for it. But um, <laughs> we're trying to think of a more technical name, but it is just a cat disco ball. But, but it's simple They're vital because, for us, yeah. yeah. They really Any kind do. of slight movement, no matter how much, I guess it picks it up. And it takes a lot to make them flash as well, doesn't it? Like, we've stamped around them, we've done everything we possibly can to try and make them go off, to mm. try and explain it, but actually... And quite honestly, I don't think the movement is even a factor with these because we yeah. were at the Groundlings Theatre and we'd set up those cat balls around the room and I'd brought along these little little rings that someone gave me to actually hold the cat ball so it, it can't move mm. and then pop them underneath the cat ball so it was perfectly st- stable, couldn't move at all and they were still occasionally going off down the side of the room mm. Wow! at the same time as other things were But they are cat balls. Beeping. So we do need to think cat of a more balls. fancy name. <laughs> Yeah. This is probably a nice segue for equipment. We actually got a voice message from Alison. Yeah. So let's listen to that now. What is everyone's favourite piece of equipment to use on an investigation? I'll go first. Yeah, so go I, I honestly don't investigate without my data logger. So mm. for me, the thing I'm trying to do is, is understand conditions that occur during paranormal events and if those events have any impact on the conditions. So for me, that's the whole purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm really doing it, and mm. then trying to capture then evidence which then matches up with it. So I have um, a data log I wear on the back, which is like a backpack, which has also got a built-in audio recorder and a night vision camera, as well as the sensors which tell me what the conditions are currently, which means I can just wander around and, and do what I need to do right. and capture the data I'm after, mm. but um, don't have to hold things, which is very important and in the dark. Is- yeah, <laughs> I mean, Basil and Brickworks is pitch black sometimes yeah. mm. in some areas. I fell over twice this year when we <laughs> went, I think it was January or February we did it. That was really cold as well. So if- We're back on the 2nd of December. I think we're, we're glutton yeah. for punishment because we've got we the, the, something in February, then not December, and it's freezing. <laughs> it is so it's cold, cold in the venue, but, um, And yeah. the stairs down from the top of Widley as well, where for some mm. reason the bottom one's not painted and the rest yeah. are. So <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I've just fallen yeah, down that last down there. Favourite piece of equipment? It's changed, I think. So 
I would again don't really go anywhere without a voice recorder. There's so mm. many times where, when when we were first starting up, that I'd gone right. I'll go down. I'll go downstairs and I'll um, I'll go and put a camera down. I'll go and put a voice recorder down. I'll go and put a chair down there, or whatever. And I walk down there with no recording equipment, and I've heard something. Or I've some. I've heard a name. Or I've heard something, and that um, yeah. So I'm a voice recorder. Although I've sort of evolved in working with Andy now, Andy builds so much equipment. It's going to be a shameless plug for you, Andy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, we'll but, talk about that. At the but end. builds some ama- amazing equipment that measures everything from temperature and stuff. And I think for me now, anything that that almost correlates what you find. So if you've mm. had Andy work on a piece of equipment where it will detect air pressure and then a temperature gauge, and then you're sort of seeing a couple of things go off at once. And then you get a piece of activity, so yeah. you hear a, a footstep. We hear so it's actually trying to sort of say, actually, well, we we know on this one occurrence, we we caught footsteps, but exactly the same time, the air pressure dropped, right. yeah. and there was this. So actually, I my, my to answer the question, it's a voice recorder, but actually, there's nothing better, is there? When you know, there's yeah, several pieces of information, preponderance of evidence, yeah, where you've got lots absolutely. of different types of of things going off at the same time yeah. that are indicating there is a change there, which you can't really see quite often. Yeah, and these gadgets—they're probably my favourite. Um, you might remember this, Andy. We did Dorchester um, Shire Hall, and uh, I was mm. acting as the judge. Oh, that we was put amazing my dad session. in the dock. And I was sort of pretending to, you know, sentence my dad, you know, you're a thief, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and everything was going off and we just couldn't figure out why. Love it. It was really bizarre. So obviously you had the air pressure, you had temperature, magnetism. And what's the other yeah. one? Um, there was a vibration one. Yes. But, but mostly I think in that session it was this, this temperature sensors either side of him as well. And the questions were relating to kind mm. of getting support and, and helping him out. And that's when you were getting these things going off around him as well. That was a great session. I'll flip the question. What's your least favourite piece of equipment? Because I will answer that for oh. myself. I'm going to say the Ouija board because you really have to trust who you're on there with. And the number of times I've sort of felt myself on the board with other people, you can just feel them manipulating it. I'm not a fan. So for me, it's the Ouija board. Okay. Mine, I think maybe it's along the same lines as you, is, is something where... You, you have a human factor. Right. So if you're trying to <clears throat> um, dig down into something, you kind of want to remove as many variables as possible. And if you have a human factor in there, you kind of almost have to think, what is going on here? There's, there's, you're not only able to trust, but mm. it's, not, it's sometimes not even a trust thing. Sometimes it could be a subconscious thing that the person wants something to happen and they make it happen. So It's like emotionally driven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like catching a ball, you're not really thinking mm. about it. And just like you're, you're moving that glass. But... Ones are, I don't like pendulums. I, I like don't know. crystals. Tell I tables. That's my least favourite. Oh, mm, like table, table tipping. tipping. Yeah. So table tipping mm. is basically three or four people get around a small table and they each hold a side of it, and then they ask for the table to move, and then the table move, starts moving and rocking, and then the bit I don't like apart from the human factor is that what you, you're not really gaining much new communication there no you, you're just gaining an experience mm. which is which is it's good if that's what people want to go for but if you want to investigate you want to try and gain some knowledge from it and you're not really gaining much apart from this, this table was moving table. a rocking table which may or may not be the, the people involved with it yeah. subconsciously moving it or being even influenced in moving it it's so quite I'm, a dull thing to do, I think. I've, I've done table tipping. It's never really been with Southern Ghost Society. It's always been other groups, but I'm not a fan of that either. No. I guess the challenge is you can't kind of derive any kind of intent from that. It's just, mm. it's binary. It's yes or it's no, but actually it's... Something or nothing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, why are they doing that? And what's their story? And what, what, why are they choosing to communicate as opposed to just moving a table? 
So it sounds like a, a rudimentary kind of Ouija board, but on a more simple yeah. scale. Yeah. Less communication. Movement or no movement. Yeah. Out of interest, um, piggyback off just having a think here. I don't know answering that one. In that scenario, you talk about um, being in this courtroom and Dan or his dad was in the dock and there's temperatures. Were they, were they cold or hot? Uh, mostly hot. Wow, enough. okay. Because yeah. usually, and again, I'm coming from pure layman's perspective, so apologies if I'm insulting you, but you tend to, to hear of being icy cold and mm. temperature drops, yeah. not heats up. Yeah. So, uh, and I wonder whether that, that's something which you can kind of debunk for our listeners perhaps. Is it, uh, is it the things which we hear about which are true or commonplace? So actually is it things that tend to be the opposite? In, the, in that scenario, it's not cold, it's actually warmer. I think it can be both. Right. Um, because you think of... If somewhere is suddenly cold, that means that the the heat in the area has gone somewhere. Yeah. So the common conception before was that energy was being taken from that air in order to use that energy for something else. Sure. Energy is such a generic term that in that case that you'd think you'd have to transfer that heat into some other form of heat mm. <laughs> or some sort of um, some sort of motion potentially, um, or you could be looking at a draft. So it's getting cold one place because it's getting hot in another. The, the heat is transferring one spot to another. So quite often with a, a number of different temperature sensors, you can see, again, cold there and hot there because you're seeing some sort of motion in the air, which if you can then link to the temperature in the room and the outside and... The other data points. Other data points. You yeah. go, the move, air wasn't moving there, but for some reason you had a movement in the air. So I felt very very cold environment sometimes I've had something like an, an aircon unit just blowing in my face but that doesn't mean, necessarily mean that there's energy being sucked from it but maybe something's moving away right interesting yeah we mm. could talk for hours on this yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you could really good So we'll move away from equipment and we'll Good. talk about locations. So my dad asked, what's the most haunted place you've ever investigated? So this is twofold because mm. a typical Andy data... I've got, I've got data for Andy's that. Andy's got data. <laughs> uh, Andy's got data. Weighted data. Yeah, I think I've got, we've got... It, it's a strange one because some places we visit just once, some places we've been there 10, 15, 40 times, you know, so... You know, but you have got, and you get you get kind of quality of of events as well. We we categorise every time someone clicks, we categorise that event. So, um, ignoring debunked things yep. and ignoring things which we haven't caught, they're kind of thrown out. We end up with A, B, and C. C being, we can't explain it, we can't debunk it, but we can't also prove it's paranormal. So it's a thing that happened. So yeah. that's, that's the lowest class. Mm. B is, uh, we can't debunk it. But it seems unexplained, but we've got some ideas about what we want to do next time. So we want to try and experiment, see if we can figure it out, look for radiators, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or A, we've tried everything, we've gone to the location maybe a couple of times, there's no other explanation, this, this is unexplained. And so I've taken those recorded events and given points, so 10 for a class A, 5 for a class B, and 1 for a class C, and then put them against the location and how many things happen. So we end up with a league table. Of haunted locations. They're interesting. I've also got a league table of claims. How many places have got lots of claims compared to that? Mm. And they're not the same. It's interesting. <laughs> no, but not. Yeah, but uh, number one was the secret location. Yeah. Just because of the amount of A's that we've had there. But then I had like Fort Widley. And strangely, 
quite far than Woodchester. Strangely, up the list was Towers Hospital, which we only did once. That was in Leicester. And wow. that had so many Class A things happen that one night with everyone. It's, uh, it's a shame that you can't do it anymore. And when you look at that, bear in mind we've been to Whitley 40 plus, 46 yeah. times, 46 times we yeah. went to Towers once, with Towers being number four on the list. Shows how much we caught in one wow, night and it yeah. got knocked down, so... No one will ever go there again. Yeah. And never be investigated again. I would vouch for the secret location as one of the weirdest yeah. locations I've ever been to. And again, I'm, it's, it's a shame I can't mention where it actually is. But they can go to it if they go to the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw an apparition in the height of summer. It was a really hot summer's day. It was, this was like 2018. And my brother had his back to this, the corridor doors. And uh, one of the team leaders come around. He's like, we're just about to wash up, basically, for a break and say so bear in mind it's summer the doors go open up behind him he turned around and he went what the <laughs> and I said what what's that mate and he said doors have just opened up behind me and they're quite heavy doors mm. yeah, those corridors so I've sort of looked through the window and I saw someone walk past I thought I didn't recognise who that was I couldn't there was no distinct features so I sort of went outside and I've gone to look around and you've looked down at me Dan and you went you're right down there yeah, I, I went is there anyone down here? You went, no, it's just your group. And, of course, they're all in another room doing stuff. And I was like, well, I can't explain that. It's quite odd. It's yeah. such a brilliant location. And another instant, there was a door that rattled in a room where it was locked off both sides and yeah. no one could get into it. Crazy. It's a good look. Probably, yeah. It's yeah, the amount of people have seen things there. Mm. I've, I've seen this this figure, a shadow figure, leaning back from the, the columns in the... Yeah. cells and then pushing back again and managed just to get on video my dad saw this figure as well in 2014 when we first did it it was just walking across the field he said he can explain it Beth saw the same thing he saw she saw white plimsolls walking across the field towards the towards the I saw um, someone there as well so that's probably why I put it on mine I was doing a live stream so my brother stood stood in front of me with a camera with a light such a high pitched light looking at me and I'm looking into the distance and doing a bit of an opening and then uh, I saw a person, so I saw a, p- a person by a tree. So it, uh, my face sort of turns on live stream, and Lee's like, well, just do a bit of an opening because we're not allowed to record in there. And um, we come off camera, and Lee was like, what was that face for? And I said, I'd just seen a person there by the tree. And I went, the strange thing was, he, he was red. It was a red, it was red, it was a red apparition. Oh, right. I said, it, you know, it was really odd, really strange. But the, what was nice about it then, we went into the building because we went to meet back up with our group and they were doing a board in classroom six, in one of the rooms upstairs in classroom six. And I whispered to Roger, who was there at the time, I said, I've just seen someone. I said, but it was a really strange colour. And then so Roger went, well, let's just ask. So Roger went to the board, sorry to interrupt you. Daniel said he's just seen someone outside. Uh, was that you or someone he's seen? And it went to why? It went to yes. And then uh, Daniel's asked to ask what colour and it went R-E-D. No way. And honestly, oh, right, wow. they couldn't have watched the video because we hadn't posted it yet. No, we no. weren't allowed to go live. <clears throat> it's a weird colour as it's well. It's a weird colour. Like You'd mm. normally go, if someone was pushing it, it would be white or grey yeah. or something, and it spelled yeah. out red, which was... So that's why it's probably one of my most haunted locations I've ever been to. I because love it. It's consistently given us activity. And, and evidential mm. as yeah. well. So, that we, so someone who worked there showed us this photo once yeah. where they, they were setting up for an event. And they took a photo of this reflective glass picture, and there's the picture. There's someone standing behind them, and this this person had the keys to the building. They were the only person in it, and it's a secure place. Mm. There could not have been someone else in that building at all. That's insane. So, so, so it's 
you're getting paranormal activity from people investigating it, mm. but actually people in normal walks of life who and <clears throat> don't believe and people who work yeah. there. Yeah. Then they they still send videos like like what has happened to this this cabinet is <laughs> opening itself up. Yeah, we get lots from that. So mm. yeah, that's probably uh, probably the one secret location which is tickets available on the site if anyone wants to join us. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Go have a look if you want to yeah. know more. Mm. Uh, what would you say your top three locations are? Top three locations. Obviously, we've got like the data yeah. version, but from your personal experiences, Andy, what would you say your top three are? My favourite is is Woodchester Mansion because Nine was my first one where I got the first bit of evidence where I can actually just you, you can hear something there, which is mm. good. But it's really consistent. You, you have things happening all the time, and there's such a variance in the things that happen. And it is data-wise that we get some really interesting data that's come from there. We've had bits of equipment which literally came from things we were doing at Woodchester. So, um, and this is a really cool like location and yeah. totally away from everything as well. So it's really controlled. So it's a perfect ghost hunting place. Mm. It's basically this um, half-built mansion in the middle of Gloucestershire where there's a, a rich family who were kind of um, religious outcasts and wanted to build their own conclave. So they built this mansion in a valley which was... a on the bottom of a mesa so you you literally can't see it for miles around it's hidden away but then the uh the guys build it died and then the family didn't want to finish it because they didn't have the money so it's it's literally half built so if you go in there oh interesting mm, you see venue. fireplaces like 30 feet up the wall yeah, because yeah, they haven't built the floors. floors there it's um but it's a beautiful building it's just it's not yet finished mm. i'm not sure when they're going to finish it maybe never maybe maybe, maybe never <laughs> And is there any kind of indication as to why perhaps there are activities there when no one kind of moved in or there wasn't? Good question. So yeah. the nice thing is, is that it has as precedent. So there was a mansion there before, right? Okay. And then a hunting lodge there before that. But also, the, there seemed to be a lot of interests that the family had, and they did sort of stay there for a while, which which were a little unusual. And some some were quite religious and some less so religious is an interesting focus of the characters of them and the stories that are there but right. also it was used in world war Two as a as a base so oh, we've see, actually got yeah. some real things that happened mm. but like there's there's those real stories there, there like is. monks were there and then one, one drowned in the lake and then there was a, a jeep that the americans were trying out there and that drowned in the lake as well we don't investigate the lake we should mm, investigate the lake yeah. <laughs> i tried i tried to go down there yeah, so uh, that's one then. Number one, number two for me, Preston Manor. Yeah, that's about to say. Have you mentioned that, Dan? Or do we not talk about Preston Manor? I seem to think no. one, one year we did. Preston Manor's my number one. I've done mm. <clears throat> Wimmering Manor. Maybe it's that. Yeah. Never really experienced much at Wimmering Manor, although it's like the supposedly one of the most haunted places in Portsmouth. But it's the one where yeah. most people have seen things. Yeah. If you want to see something, Preston Manor is. Is statistically mm. the best chance of, of getting actually seeing something. And what what wow. quality is that A, B, or C? A. It depends on when you <laughs> view the footage and yeah. see if you catch it. For me, my best thing I saw with someone else. Do you know the whole story? Yeah. So yeah, let's do we're it. in this we're in this bedroom. This is Wimmering Manor. Yeah? Wimmering Manor. Wimmering. Mm. Not yeah. not Preston. <laughs> um, we're in this bedroom, and then the, the whole group are in there. Saw these shadows passing by this door which is lit up so like someone walking backwards and forwards mm. in the which would have been like this um balcony over the front entrance so i went okay let's i'll go around the side find out who it was there and i went around and there was no one there so my first thought was something's breaking the light of the window i needed to try, i stood there trying to figure out what could have been causing the shadows we were seeing and while i was doing that another investigator came up and stood there next to me and we couldn't figure out we're, we're looking at lots of things and then 
I saw... Well, I'm going to say, I saw, I saw Dan walk to the top of the staircase by an attic and stop and look down, down at us. And the first girl I was with as well looked up as well. And uh, she said, is that Dan? And I said, I don't know, I'm going to go check. Because by the time I got up and went towards it, Dan had disappeared. So I went up this little staircase, which was about, I don't know, seven, eight metres away from where we were sitting. And there was no one up there at all. And at that point, the attic door opened. Another uh, team member, team group leader, opened at the door. And I said, has Dan just come by through there? And she said, no, Dan's the other end of the attic, sitting on the floor with someone still. So I went back to all the audio and the footage we had. And audio-wise, I can prove no one was moved out that attic mm. whatsoever. And there was no one at the top of the stairs moving around at all, even though we saw someone moving and this little, little torch. But my video, because I was looking downwards at this oh. shadow figure, I'm, I shoot downwards, and between that 45 seconds I'm pointing down, this figure was standing there. For which sure. is a shame. So it's, it's an X-class, because I can't classify it. Yeah, exactly. I've got no evidence. It's an X. <laughs> an X. <clears throat> okay. Missed. So what's your, your number one, what are we going to go for then? You're going for... So Woodchester's Woodchester. definitely... Uh, Preston, we were yep. talking about Preston, weren't we? Yeah. Which is a really great building in Brighton. Oh, it's amazing. The fam- it's, a, it's an old family. It's a, it's a fairly old manor as well. But the family kind of petered out during the First World War. And then they decided to give their entire house and all their possessions to the, the council to have a museum. Right. So if you go there now, all the, the sheets, the clothes, the cutlery, everything from the 20s is just preserved there in this little sort of time capsule. As it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And, and it's, it's, <coughs> there's like a picture as you walk into the threshold of the lounge, like it says 1934 or something, and you look at the picture and look up, and the only thing that's different, like I'm talking everything on the mantelpiece, is the rug, and they've imported the rug in, but it's the rug was anything that's different to mm. the, the actual picture. Every oh, ornament is still the same, every picture is the same. Do you know what I love about Preston Manor as well is she's got a seance room. She believed yeah. in what we believe in, and she held seances there. So she was contacting the paranormal, and, and believed to be in tune with the paranormal mm. back 1900s. Yeah, it was, it, was so, late, it was late Victorian. Yeah, late Victorian. When there was so, a lot of sounds. So, yeah, so she was doing what we're doing. So I feel like we were just continuing her mission, yeah, which yeah. is great. It's attached to a graveyard, which is... Well, yeah, and also, also with that, that sounds room, they um, they used to see this uh, figure of a nun walking in the garden, so much they kind of called the road behind Nun's Walk. And during the seance, because it was called that, and there was a history of it, they uh, they came up with a saying saying yeah, the the nun is buried in the garden so they dug it up and they found a skeleton in the garden but they still still keep seeing the nun for ages afterwards yeah. mm. so you're number two my number one but yeah what's yeah. number three then <laughs> number three I would say I, I kind of like the fort and I can't work out to which one I'm liking Purbrook at the moment yeah same mm. because Purbrook's a great one solid we've got this they're doing this ongoing experiment which some people call uh, the Singapore experiment for some reason or other. And that's where you play trigger audio. So specifically here, military marches. So I'll wander from the sort of base camp down to the areas we're going and I'll, I'll play some military marches to sort of... I don't know, I think it's partly kind of builds up energy Absolutely. in the environment yeah. but also gets the people who are investigating kind of in the right mindset yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's two components to it but after that we tend to have really good sessions I and mean, sometimes get bits of random equipment going off in time with our military marches which was yeah. um, amazing and we were, I was able to play different regiments as well over a period of time and the stuff from the artillery regiments which makes sense for the fort gets a lot stronger responses than anything else apart from French regiments we tend to yeah. get hit with French regiments as well 
but there was apparently French POWs there as well. So that sort of oh, makes up makes some sort of sense. So my three then: Preston Manor, we've talked about. Yep. Second one, I think it's Lancaster Castle. We uh, we had some really good stuff up there. Uh, again, an old castle. It was, it's, um, the IRA IRA men were kept mm, there as well. Yeah. So quite a stronghold. Castle dates back to the witch trials. So really good. Um, really nice. So near the Pendle Hill yeah, area, near the Pendle witches and so on. So that's good. And then my, my one, the third one's probably a, a it's a bone of contention with this venue, but it's Thirty East Drive. We've had um, it's a house up in Pontefract that we that we that we you can hire out. It's it's part of it. There's a, a film been made of it called When the Lights Went Out, and it's a mm-hmm. three bedroom semi detached house that's supposed to have a black monk attached to it. And it's a typical ghost venue, whereas every team. Anyone can book it. Anyone going to? We've had some fantastic stuff there. Some you can book it every day of the week. You can book <laughs> it every day of the week for you know whatever it is. If members of the public can go and book it, but yeah, that's one venue that, uh, amongst all the controversy and amongst all the thoughts and feelings of the paranormal guys out there, we've had some stuff I physically can't explain there, and not so much to do with the monk, but voices, kids' voices and stuff that have been mind blowing. But yeah, they're my three. I think at the minute. And so it's a weird location when you, you think about it. It's yeah. just a random house in the same. It's but, a weird house, but... But kind of going back to the history, we, we used um, old maps quite a lot. I tend mm. to start with maps, actually. When I start researching a place, I start with a map and go backwards in time to try and see if its name's changed, if its uses have changed, what was there beforehand. And that's a location which is, has got so many layers of, of history of, of, of um, religious hospitals and, and uh, civil war battle sites and things like that, that... Um, there's lots of factors which could be in play there. That which yeah. being in a, just a random house, you don't really see. No. Some of the locations we go to are are completely different uses now, and you can't like the secret location. Mm. It, it, it doesn't seem haunted at all. It seems like a place you would, you would go for meetings and training. Sort of yeah. normal, isn't it? Yeah. But I've also from 30 East Drive, the house I'm talking about. I've got probably I've got a video to back up my thoughts and feelings on it as well. So there is a video that we have on on Facebook and on our site actually that mm. shows you in the day a child's voice coming from a room where a doll kept falling over so and I've got that on video and you can hear the audio you can and hear the voice isn't there another one as well when you were sleeping the door and the, the room just, just opened itself sorry Andy when Dan was sleeping <laughs> so so it's a venue you stayed you, here so it's a venue that you and hire you from 6 until 12 the next day yeah. and the biggest mistake I ever did was saying I'm going to sleep there yeah um, so I we, could have told you that so, <laughs> so I guess let's talk about we got there at 5 o'clock in the day it's a fun house. So what I mean by that is it's in the paranormal world. There is much people, probably more people that hate the venue because of what the owners are doing in terms oh, right, of okay. they rent out every night. They've made thousands upon thousands. Most haunted have been there. And it's been, almost like an attraction. Yeah, so. yeah, it feels like a bit of a fun house yeah. effect. And but it so, must build up a lot of energy with people constantly in and out. There are people, more people that have been there that have got nothing. That, but I think no, there, are, there are human factors in that. There is the normal factors you need to rule out it's a free bedroom semi there's a family next door we were lucky enough for the first time we went there that the family had were on holiday so we had no one we were sat on this sort of the house in the green and we turned up at five o'clock locked the door um watched the film yeah we watched the film and ordered <laughs> pizza but before before we sort of did that because the film is like i say it's called when the lights went out it's all about the black monk and the poltergeist so you had to watch the film there of course and then um and then so we, we said, right, okay, we're going to go live streaming from it. So we walked up the stairs. And as I walked up the stairs, to so the left-hand side was the kids, the girls' room. There's a doll on the bed. Um, yeah, there's a doll, doll on the bed. So as I walk past, the doll falls over. So straight away, I go straight into the room, right? I lift up the mattress. I lift up the doll, thinking, 
is this some sort of you know some, some, sort, some, some sort of setup? Yeah, yeah we're yeah. paying a lot of money to be here for the night. Anyway, nothing to the matches off to the bedding off. Put it down. Put the doll back down. Walked out. The doll fell over. So I'm thinking, right, wooden flooring. How much effort do I need? So honestly, we're trying to debunk it. It's five o'clock in the afternoon. We're not really recording. I say to my brother, get your iPhone. So I say to this, I say to the person, right, you've got my attention now. There's nothing natural here that's causing this doll to fall over that mm. I can see. So I'm thinking it's you. So if it is you, I'm going to ask you after three to set this, to, to knock the doll over. And you hear me go one, two, three. So I stagger it. And on three, I capture a little girl's voice that says, it's too hard. Honestly, right? It's creepy as anything. It's wow. five o'clock. You can, I'll show you the video after this. It's five o'clock in the afternoon. It's light. We have no ghost on the equipment. And we capture a little girl that we we did it on a show once, and the common co- consensus is too hard. You see me automatically run into the room and check the window because the window is open. It's five o'clock in the afternoon on the estate, just to see if there's anyone in the garden, and there's no one around. No one around. And we capture this. This is five o'clock. I said to my brother, I'm "Not sleeping here. <laughs> and then, I'm not sleeping here." And then and then so. Another thing, you have to find, sign a lot of disclaimers to say that you say that you're going to be there, and all the footage belongs to the owner, and so on. We go upstairs to the master bedroom, and we decide to black it out. You're not allowed to touch anything, but we did decide because we were doing a live stream from there, and we wanted to start it early because the activity seemed to start. So I took the duvet off the bed and I tucked it in the curtains. Um, and you're not supposed to. So straight away, I'm thinking, right, if anyone's quick, I can do. It. Suddenly, you hello. So I was thinking, oh no, like rumbled. So I'm, so I'm Someone turned out. I am literally taking the taking the curtains down. I've made the bed again, gone downstairs, no one there. And when we went to the bottom of the stairs, the key was in the back of the door, so the, whoever they couldn't have even tried to come in because right. we were locked in from the inside. So yes, yeah, so we had loads of stuff happen there, and then throughout the night we caught all manner of voices Andy was watching from home and you saw quite a lot of occurrences mm. we decided to go to sleep and set up a camera so uh, the two lads we were with really experienced investigators slept downstairs and me and my brother slept in two separate rooms um, I mean this sounds sensible Dan it was hideous <laughs> it was, it was, and it was hideous I'll tell you why because you lay there and think so what I did is I got the rocking horse and put it at the top of the stairs of course which is yeah. right in my eye line <clears throat> and then I'm laying there thinking Right, do I leave the light on? Because if I leave the light on, I can see what's going on. Yeah. Do I want to see? Or do I turn the light <laughs> off? Then I can't see. I'm going to hear noises. Anyway, throughout the night, they put the camera downstairs on the piano facing into the lads that are in the lounge. About one o'clock, so an hour, no, about five o'clock, so about an hour into our sleeping time, the camera, you see the camera move to the right, ticks twice to the right, and then goes down, and then back up. And then first we're thinking, first when we first looked at it, it looked like it was trying to focus, but actually the clock on the wall went out of sight, so it wasn't focusing, it was physically being moved. Mm. We, the next morning, checked, there was no vibrations, there was no, I wasn't next to a fridge that was setting up, there mm. was no heating coming on, it was a standalone piano, which took the camera away from them, and then one of the guys of the night said they felt like they were pinched and not underneath the arm, but... Yeah, so but we didn't have it on recording because the camera had been moved. Of course. Like, literally, to, to, to film down. And, you know, we know what we're doing. The camera wasn't on a tripod that sort mm. of drops down. It was literally the camera has moved down. But, yeah, favourite location, really good place. But, again, wow. so many people have been there and said it's just... It's all hyped up. There's nothing there. But we had two or three nights there that have been amazing. Don't fancy Alex. <laughs> Not as my first uh, <laughs> foray. It's a great first venue. Yeah, I so you could do so. a podcast there. That'd be awesome. Yeah, imagine that. We could do that. I can hire it for us to do a podcast. So we've got a couple of questions from Luke. Okay. Yeah, sorry, that's me. Um, uh, we've got, uh, yeah, what is your favourite location in the Portsmouth area to investigate? So specific to Portsmouth. What's your favourite area? 
Uh, my new one's Groundlings, actually. Yeah, yeah. I've surfed I really it uh, in Port back. Sea, right? Yeah, yeah. I've heard. I've only been once. Do you know? I've walked past it a couple of times. I used to have a friend who lived um, in that area, and um, it's. I, I got I got a vibe of it. I didn't know anything about it, and I walked past daylight, and a couple of times I was you know wandering back to his, but. You get a sense. It's one of those places that you run past. Yeah. Does that make you sense? Yeah. Don't he, look in the windows quite. No, no, no. <laughs> or the door. And you're like, I'm not going to look inside there. Uh, but it's one of the places that you run past. And I didn't know anything about it. Uh, I'm not natively from this area. I come from South Croydon in London. Um, and it wasn't until recently when I spoke to Dan on, on you know, every every year or so on these, oh. on these episodes that it cropped up. And there's there's something about that place. Yeah, it's a good place. Yeah, that's our last investigation, wasn't it? It so was, it was fresh and in your mind. We'd um, we'd done that before, but I, the last time we were there, we didn't really get much. This time, the amount of different communications to both teams was phenomenal. It was, it was pretty much. It was one of those times when the time just flies by. It was. You you think okay, we're gonna we we did it a bit differently this time because we had a very small <coughs> group, which mm. was which was good. So we only had like two sessions, and that means you you got at it for like a couple of hours, aren't you? Yeah, it's hard. But that couple of hours just absolutely just disappeared. And it was the end of the night before, a bit because we were yeah. just so busy. I suppose sometimes you need to be sitting around for hours and it feels like hours. Yeah. But yeah, the, there was an interesting thing with um, with uh, the Estes method, which I'm not yet... I'm on the fence with the Estes method mm-hmm. because I need more, more data on it. But I think this place actually kind of helped us build up some data. And the Estes method is... Um, it's called that because it's where it was first tried in Estes, Colorado. And that's where someone listens to um, a radio with earphones in. Mm. And that radio is then set to just scan through the frequencies uh, as if you were searching for a, a station. Yeah. But not stop. So it doesn't stop if it hits a station. It just keeps going endlessly. So, so you're really scanning of... every single frequency that you could pick up that's in the air, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you're going through all the all the frequencies where there's nothing and occasional radio stations, and it just does that endlessly, but quite quickly. So like about 100 milliseconds per frequency to 150 milliseconds. Mm. So you're going. It literally sounds as you're going through lots of them. And what you then do is just stand there, listen to it, earphones, uh, noise cancelling. So you can't hear anything else apart from this endlessly. And the job of the person doing it is literally just to say what they hear. Now, that that could be radio stations or or, or anything at all, or anything that might come through. And then someone outside that situation then asks questions. So we set up an experiment where we had someone asking questions in the the theatre bit, and then someone with the headphones on, just to listen to in a dressing room, the other side of the, the top floor, and just coming out with whatever she was hearing in there, mm. which which could have been radio stations, for example, because it was going to hit some of them. But the, the things that were coming out were so relevant to the current situation and the history of the place and what people had been talking about previously in the other room. For example... There was three responses in a row, which which were like dog walker and too loud and he's a thug. At the same time, as I heard, someone walking a bunch right. of dogs literally just outside the window where it was. <coughs> well, and then another an- bunch of answers, which were the specific names of the people we were talking about historically earlier. And the interesting thing here is we, we recorded both sides um, to a good degree the questions that were being asked, the, the answers we were getting, which means we'll be able to then do a, a scientific correlation, mm. hits and misses, when the question was made sense, when it didn't make sense, when it was linked, when it was not linked. 
And we've not really been able to, to do that before. No. And it's something, because it's, it's such a new technique. It's only been, people have been doing it for the last year and a half, maybe. It's, it's quite new. And um, I don't think anyone's really focused on studying it, because it's contentious. You listen yeah. to a radio, but we try and maintain an open mind yeah. with, with everything we're doing, and actually look at it and go, is there something to it or not? So for me, it's, it's a new thing. It was a new study. It's a new thing we can do. And it's a nice local place which seems to respond well to it. And you've got those data points. So next time you go back, you can see, as you say, what the hits were and try and build upon that. Perhaps. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And if we can find out the groundings, one reason I like the groundings as well is because we found a, a council pamphlet on the history of it. And it has got blow by blow every schoolmaster there. Because it used to be a, a school, a beneficial school for, for children who were, were born from sex workers in the area so they were just oh, right. shoved into the school because they were feral before then and yeah. they wanted to try to to make use of all these kids who were just running around stealing everything um and there was a lot of behavioral problems there and there was a lot of stories about things that happened and it was a it was a terrible location there was but there's lots of good history about what was going on names places dates stories and um I'm hoping we can pin down to some particular stories and then just focus on those again and see if we can build on that. And um, for me, that's, that's kind of good. Everything then links together. Yeah. And if we can then figure out if there is anything to the Estes Method process, mm. that's also a bonus. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Dan? I like the King's Theatre in Portsmouth. Haven't done it for a number of years, but it's a great venue. We've uh, given quite a lot of exclusive access being a theatre, so... I've done it probably four or five times. That was one investigation I did with another group, actually. That's mm. one of my the the earlier ones we did. But the King's Theatre is a nice a nice venue, and they get to go under the stage, on top of the stage, the, the, the dressing rooms and stuff. And we've had a lot. Oh, yeah, up in up in the rigging, up, isn't in, it? up in the rigging, in the dark, the top, in the dark, which is which is yeah. But a lot of the rooms at the top, we've had quite a lot of activity from there. So it's one of my favourite favourite venues that we don't sadly probably never will never do again unless yeah I email them probably once a month they probably I'm blacklisted there now I might have a contact I might be able to get Kings you back in. is really good really I'm good. there next uh, next no oh, this Friday are you yeah seeing a comedy act oh fantastic mm. I'll not be up in the rigging with the lights no. on <laughs> I might be able to do the uh, under the stage, stage is good wasn't under it under the stage is really good and the good, dressing yeah. rooms there were interesting the dressing rooms are really good yeah so King's Theatre is one of my favourites in Portsmouth I'm, wow. I'm part of a craft beer club so uh, someone that I drink with uh, I think he sort of helps operate the Kings. Grand. So I might be able to get you back absolutely. in. Absolutely. Thank you. I'll get you in. Get us back in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as in you. SGS. Thank you. Let's do it. Uh, and as a follow-up to Luke, he said, is there anywhere in Portsmouth that you haven't investigated that is on your to-do list, your hit list? So does it, are we allowed to do it? Do we have to be allowed to? HMS Victory is somewhere I'd oh, love, could would you love to do. We're never going to get in there. No. Um, so it's my almost like my would love to do it, never get in That's there. That's your unicorn. Abs oh, yeah, I think in Portsmouth, I think it would be a venue where it's so steeped in history, so mm. so pivotal in <clears throat> British history. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. But yeah, sadly. Yeah. I'll join you on that one. I've tried, but HMS mm. Victory is probably my hope, my Portsmouth holy grail, I think, that, yeah, I'd love to, love to do. It's hard to do it with kind of, the environment's difficult, yes. isn't it? Oh, Wood, wooden yeah. floors yeah. everywhere. So yeah. again, you'll think you can't take a lot of people nope. onto it can you no and that's the thing I think we, we were having conversations about the warrior I know that, that yeah. you've done the warrior and the warrior went from being one 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 form of money you know sort of in the hundreds of pounds to they wanted 1800 2000 3000 pound and well we can bring 40 50 people I'm like but we don't I'd, I'd rather you know I'm not going to yeah, charge everyone a thousand pound a head you know it's so a small place it's a small place sound travels the weather plays a massive part in that with the wind mm. and the rain and you're in the elements and the creaking it's a, so it's a working dockyard as well next yeah. day next 
next to it in the military. Yeah. You've got all, all sorts going on. So Holy Ground in Portsmouth <coughs> is the war, uh, yeah, HMS victory for me. Mine's, well, slightly outside Portsmouth. Okay. But we'll Spit, take it. Spitbank Fort. That's not yeah, too far away. Yeah, yeah. I've been to a couple of corporate gigs there and walking around, well, merely kind of after a few drinks during the, <laughs> during yeah. the Christmas parties, it's it, it had that Scooby-Doo feeling. You know, that spidey sense was yeah, tingling. Yeah. And... Um, someone I was with said that they thought they had me talking next to them and I was not saying anything at all wow and they said no you've just been talking to me I said, no <laughs> <laughs> I mean avoided trying to fall over when in, the, in the dark so both sadly we can't get into but no, yeah no. holy grails for Portsmouth I think so I need to put a bit of context on this on okay. football rivalry so just to explain I'm a Portsmouth fan Alex, you're lucky. You're a Liverpool fan. Yeah. Dan, you and your brother are Southampton fans. We are indeed. So yes. anyone that isn't familiar, there is a big rivalry <laughs> between our football teams. So I don't think when Chris submitted this question, he was quite aware of this rivalry. I mean, it's well, right. he we're, was. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're quite friendly. We're sort of quite bantering about it. But there's some absolutely honking supporters both sides. There just, is. Just take it too seriously. I mean, Lee's usually ripping out of me. So yes. It's all good. Yeah. Chris said, if you got the chance, would you go to Fratton Park for the night? And I'll flip it around as well. Would you go to St Mary's as well to investigate? I think I would from... Yeah, because you think the amount of motion that, that has happened there from from, from any, any football fans to forget about how the team are performing or how what your thoughts and feelings are towards that team. The amount of motion that's in there, the amount of, you know, amount of time that people would have put, you know, invested their time in there. Then, of course, any I think any football ground... I think, Thinking about football grounds, I did the tour of St Mary's um, mm. with my son uh, last Saturday, and we were wandering around. And no matter where I go, I, the ghost thing comes out all the time. And uh, I was sort of saying to the security guard because I know that in St Mary's there was a like an urban explorer that broke in there, and he was running around the place, and the security were chasing him. So I asked him, trying to get onto the nighttime questions. So I said, "Oh, were you involved when the urban explorer was there?" And he sort of said, "No, but I know someone was." I said, "Oh, what's this place like at night?" Now I know that St Mary's was built. On a an old Saxon burial ground. So, back when Southampton first moved into the into the into the stadium, they they had a real winless streak, which in fairness is nothing nothing uncommon really, because we're not the best of football mm. teams. But they blame. Stop it. smiling then. <laughs> <laughs> you got relegated. But they but they they actually blame that on on the spirit. They blamed it on a curse. So they actually mm. brought in a witch. To um, yeah, they actually brought into a witch to Crikes. cleanse. Uh, you know, to sort of maybe put the the Saxon. Yeah, the Saxon people, the spirits at rest, or just trying to cleanse the ground. But I got onto the question of what are these places like at night, Mm. and he straight away, as soon as you start to ask, he didn't tend to believe too much, but got onto a story of when he was locking up, make sure that they do like a do a walk every two hours of a football stadium, and they they're sort of on radio, but they do that they do it in silo, and then someone heard the uh, the um, the turnstile go. But the thing is with the turnstile goes they. The turnstiles aren't just the outside now; they're shut down and yeah. shut down. So, and the turnstiles in the middle. So, yeah, the turnstile flipped round one night. So, got into the conversation with him. But haunted football grounds are, is, is 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 a thing. And it wasn't until I started thinking about ghosts and thinking about football grounds and thinking about the emotion. Because when we do look at venues, we look at anywhere with high emotion. Sadly, anywhere where there's been a lot of death or anywhere mm. there's a lot of history, which tends to be coinciding with a lot of death. And with the emotional side of football grounds. 
there is a thing online where you can look at the five most haunted football grounds in the UK. Uh, so number one is, is the old Highbury. So the old Arsenal. Oh yeah, yeah. That that there was number one. St Mary's is number two. Stadium of Light up at uh, Sunderland. Sunderland. Yeah, that's number three. The Majeski Stadium, Reading apparently is number four and then number five is Stamford Bridge so there is actually a poll and actually if you do google it they tell you the story of why so I know from a Southampton point of view and whatever but yeah there's um, yeah there's there's actually some theory behind why they're haunted and why it would be haunted away from the love and the emotion that our supporters put into it mm. some of them are built on burial ground some of them are built on people that have passed away a lot of the London stadiums you know around the war sort of time and stuff yeah, and we yeah. use different venues so yeah, but I know that Highbury now being number one most haunted place or football ground in the UK is now flats. So I'd love to try and oh, find out whether anyone's living there now and experience some paranormal activity. But mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's not so much a strange question because, like I say, the height of emotion that goes on when I watch my team or when I watch other teams, it's maybe even sitting at home, the emotion you mm. go through that you can imagine on the stands is a lot of. I wonder if there's another factor as well. Go on. Do you. Do you reckon it's a thing that sometimes people who are a big fan of you know a particular team, yep. when they die, they would say scatter my ashes on the pitch? Mm. Yes, yeah. There's there's a lot of ashes. I mean, a lot of I know that um, I think uh, John, one of the old I can't remember. There, there's like an a association between some of the soccer AM stuff. I think one of his dads, John Terry, sp- uh, scattered his dad's ashes at the corner flag of. Stanford Bridge. So mm. yeah, there are people that have done it, and that's yeah. a high-profile one. But I know that there's there are the graveyards. Scared. It seems. Of course, yeah. of course, it could. Be and only people yeah. have just not got permission and, and done it anyway because yeah. they brought their granddad's ashes. Absolutely. And just, so and you have to go for a lot of red tapes to get that. You would, yeah. yeah. But you sneak it into the ground and you just, just up score up a goal. And you just <laughs> yeah. keep it in like a yeah. packet of crisps or something and just. Or leave a trowel behind you as you empty your pockets. There you go, granddad. Yeah. This was your favourite seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know what that goes on. I know that. Yeah, can't imagine many football football clubs being over the moon when you spread no. houses around. But that's yeah. something happens like Disney World, doesn't it as well? Absolutely does. Yeah, but yeah, I think emotion of football it would be a height of paranormal activity. I think. But yeah, so would I go to Fratton Park? Absolutely, I'd go anywhere. I'd investigate yeah. your shed if you told me it was haunted. <laughs> I'd give everywhere a go once. Why not? I'm not sure I'd want to investigate my own home. I just oh, we stay away be... from that. I must get. Sorry to interrupt you, down, but I'm, I reckon I get two to three emails a month saying help my house is haunted that's I'm not interesting yeah. yeah and I'm not we've done I always had to say the same thing we're able to come in as a group of enthusiasts we'll come in and we'll tell you you know I, I always say to people is it going to give you any, any, any sense of satisfaction sure, that I've yeah. gone yeah listen to this this is the voice that me and yeah, Andy is it, Andy is it and just caught. to kind of clarify what you're experiencing yeah. is real or is it something that's in because we, we have had some like maybe like pubs there was a, there was a pub in Wales where yeah. the guy was he wanted to live above his pub but just things kept happening and he just didn't know if, if he was if it was really happening yep. or so much so he rented another flat and just was paying for this other flat even though he had a home above his <laughs> pub. Yeah. So that's why we went in and just and just, just found that there there was things happening there and there was things that weren't happening there. So yeah, some right. things like in the basement where it kind of felt bad that there was some really bad street lighting and just huge amount of EMF coming from that street lighting. So and there was a death chair as well. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that death chair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had about three seconds. There's apparently this uh, this chair which which used to be belonged to someone and it was up in the bar and and someone a regular died in it. And then after then, anyone who sat in that put that chair then had some sort of illness or something happened to them. So eventually they took it out of the pub and put it in the cellar. 
and then made a mistake of telling us that that's what that was because then about three seconds after getting to that bar, someone was sitting in it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My local is a ghost clock that people have passed away under. So they, they took it down. The new owners have put it back up again, but mm-hmm. it's still a bit of... I was in there last Sunday thinking, I'm not going to sit under it. That's so no. much someone. <laughs> is that what you have to sit under the clock? Yeah, yeah, apparently so, yeah. But yeah, homes are a real contentious because... Yeah, it's people's homes, and you know, it is. come on an investigation, mm. close the door, leave it, can't go home. If we leave, and we've had all sorts of you know activity and stuff. It's and what we we find is when we go to locations, say multiple times, yeah. the more times you go to that, the more likely you're going to actually have something happen. This, I'm not sure if you get used to it, so you know where to look, or if there is something they're trying to communicate with you, it gets familiar with you, more comfortable yeah. with you. So, investigating it makes it more communicative and, and want to get more in, in touch with you so if you go to someone's home and do that then you're also going to have to warn them that this is likely to happen it's not going to it's not going to go away it's no, probably going to get it's going to increase more intense but yeah. you could also you can relay the experience that we tend to have that i've never been injured or yeah. hurt or to, to be honest even felt that scared i mean that sounds a bit bravado but when you're actually looking for these things you're not yeah. scared because you're looking for them it's a different lens i guess because you're looking for that 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 interpersonal kind of reaction you're not looking there for jump scares mm, or yeah. for anything malicious I guess you're looking for that, that genuine connection Agreed, mm. yeah. yeah so sometimes that helps as well just to, to know they can they speak to us and the fact that, that, that we've not had any major problems and it's not negatively impacted us that that sort of helps as well yeah. just kind of give them a bit of a scope about what can happen considering what you see in films mm. So we're talking about the emotional side of things. Luke actually asks, given the stone tape theory and the idea that moments of intense emotional outpouring can imprint themselves on a building or area, why do we never hear of haunted football grounds? Well, we've already talked Apart about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being a diehard Pompey fan, I know all too well the emotions they're experienced in 90 minutes of football. Yeah, totally agree. Let me just look into that a bit more. Yeah, I've, I've seen in person some interesting... Um, experiments as well about actually influencing what I was once part of this experiment in uh, Bodmin jail where the person running it said right everyone think of one word and it was a group of maybe about 20 people sitting around in a circle and she put an audio record in the middle of the room and said everyone think let's pick a word someone pick a word and I said bacon and everyone then just sat there thinking about bacon and and probably feeling a bit hungry mm. <laughs> and then She'd pick up the audio recorder and start playing it back. And on the audio recorder, there was, and I kid you not, the word was like, quick like that. And it could have been anything, but it wasn't, no one was saying anything. It was completely silent. Mm. And that appeared out of somewhere and it sounded a bit like bacon. (laughs) (laughs) So the question is like, was there someone at the jail who said, ah, okay, you're thinking I'm going to say it as a joke? Or did that group of people, because they were all thinking about this one thing, it manifested? Which is kind of like your question, like if if mm. you're all thinking about this one thing, can you actually create something that then is interacting? Yeah, for sure. So next question: Which top three experiences come to mind when you think about some of your past visits? Okay, I'll go. Okay, you're done. <laughs> so I think I alluded to this when I first started solving ghost society. So mm. this is the this is the experience that. That, that I had, and I thought an experience question would come. It always always comes up, but 
I was 13 years old. I owned a... I fished quite a bit. I bought a, a Black Widow catapult. Um, a Black Widow catapult. It's a weapon. I had one of those. They're cool as it, hell. It had, a, it had an armrest. Yeah, it, had, it was a weapon. And my mum said, I will buy this for you for fishing. Cause they it were had, illegal in the 90s, weren't absolutely, they? Absolutely, yeah. So this was illegal... My, my, we got it from my mum's family from South End, and we on the seafront one day, and I saw it. And I loved it, and it had the the holder in it was enough to hold bait, so it's perfect for fishing for me, really. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she made me swear that I would never never take it out apart from fishing. One day, friend saw it in the garage or in the shed, said to me, "Let's take it out." And peer pressure got the better of me. I took it out, went down where I live in Netley Abbey. There's a, a an old ruins, a castle, and then the beachfront out to the water. So mm. we weren't doing anything but firing stones into the water, seeing how far we were getting it. It wasn't towards cars. It wasn't anything, you know, but it was always in the back of my mind. My mum said to me, you have a tech you'll never go fishing again. This is quite a well-behaved behaviour. Yeah, quite well-behaved because yeah. we were firing into the water. And I remember... Not each other. No, absolutely not each other. I remember putting a stone in. And pulling it back and turning round, and the castle's behind me. Mm. And as I turned round and looked up, in the doorway was a nurse, and she was holding a wicker basket with white linen in. She had a red, she had a white hat with a red cross, a right sort of what do we call it? What do we do? We say not not uh, like a like a, a bonnety sort of mm. hat with a red cross on yeah, it, yeah. just watching me. And I remember thinking. I'm in so much trouble, right? Yeah. So I got the got the cat gut. I got, I got the uh, the cat bowl, sorry, and I just buried it into the stones. And we ran. Me and my friend ran, and we ran, thinking oh, I'll just bury it and I'll run. Did She's your friend see it as well? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I, <clears> I've never spoken while, but... to him about it. I mean, mm. 13. You're talking mm. you know, 30 odd years ago. So Get spooked. And yeah. Then. So we spooked and ran. And it wasn't until we sort of got a good distance away. I thought I've got to go and get it back because Mum's going to notice it's missing. And then I wandered back towards it and picked up the catapult, looked up, and the door where I saw her come out of was blocked up. So there is no possible way wow. this nurse was standing there. I remember I'd, she had a wicker basket with linen in the top. She looked like she was going to put the washing out. She was watching me. Oh, I see. Yeah. But when you go back in, when you really think about this story, it was a nursing home, right? This place is a nursing home. They're not going to do reenactment days in a no. nursing home for the amount of people that mm. are going to be in there that maybe are suffering from Alzheimer's or something like that that are not going to react well to a nurse dressing up in period clothing. And to this day, when I go for a run down there or I go for a walk down there, you can still see this door and it's got steps. It always looked dear. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's actually quite overgrown, so you have to stand on the wall up over now. And there are steps still there, but this door does not exist. It hasn't. It's a door that's blocked up when the castle was done. So inaccessible. Yeah, inaccessible. And that's what made me start. So from thirteen, that's what got me interested in the paranormal. But mm. it was nice because I wasn't looking for a ghost. I was more scared that this woman was going to be telling me off or taking your catapult and taking my catapult <laughs> and getting me grounded than actually looking for a ghost. So that was my first ever experience. But still to this day, because of the way I reacted to her, mm. and I remember looking at her thinking, oh, crap, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble here, and running from her and burying the catapult, that I did all that. It's not like, oh, did I just see something? I'm not sure it's yeah, dark, yeah, yeah. I'm in a ghost hunt, oh, my senses are, and this was broad something daylight. Happened. She was watching me. And it's quite, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm reaching here. Um, Dan, but it's quite nice that she was almost like looking out for you yeah. because she may have gone, "What are you up to? Yeah. Boys will be boys, right?" <laughs> Go and you, 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 you know, you had something that perhaps you shouldn't have had. She may have gone, 
I just need to just watch over yeah. these guys. She stopped us what we're doing. I literally picked it back up and I went back home and I put it back into my fishing. That's line. a little bit comforting, and right? I never took it out again. Never, honestly, <laughs> never took it out again. Apart she, from fishing. Her work has been done. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So yeah, that that was that was probably my favourite. The the voice at East. You said three, didn't you? Three. Didn't yeah, yeah. Top three. Mm. The voice at East Drive is another one. And I think the only one I have to mention, which I know people get really fed up with, we went to Venice. We went to an we hired an island in Venice called Porvilia. As you do, yeah, as you do. <laughs> uh, and say we hired an island. It's a forbidden island. It's the Holy Grail. It's the, if you type into Google the most haunted island in the world, this comes up. And it, honestly, right, and it, it's unofficial. So I wrote to the Italian government and said to them we're doing a TV show. We weren't, but I had a camera. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to have done one, you know. Yeah. And um, and they said, no, you need filming. They said, there's wild dogs on there. You can't go on there. Blah, blah, blah. We went, we flew to Venice one weekend because someone told me that they knew if you stayed in Lido, which is, you've got Venice, stretch of water, and Lido, you can walk up the, uh, like, walk up Lido, and there's a fishing port where you can hire a boat from. So we did that, flew over there, cost us a fortune, nothing. I even thought about swimming it one day. <laughs> anyway, the second time we hired a boat, from a, a taxi driver called Luigi for all things we tried to get Mario but we got we got Luigi okay. and he took us over there and all the way over there he was saying to us listen please you can't I don't want you to go on this island you know it's very bad for you just have a look take some photos come back he was talking I'll give you your money back please like it was really and in the end he wouldn't stop his boat so we had to sort of he was doing loops and I'm like you need to stop he said no because it will curse my fishing like, you know, and they, they right. believe this island we were to, like I say the government I've got it in writing to say there's wild dogs on there you know on there and he dropped us on there from 6 until 2 in the morning and we wandered it, and it's an old mental asylum. There are hundreds and hundreds of bodies. You can we put a hand in the soil, and it's it's human skull it, and bone. It used to be a plague island, didn't it's it? It's a plague island, yeah, and it's a leper island. Honestly, oh, Google man. Porvilia. Honestly, right, it's wow. creepy. Anyway, so from a favourite experience, we are the only people on this island. Absolutely, we walk into the hospital, we climb the stairs. This might be number one. Climb the stairs, <laughs> and we're doing an EVP burst. And so we're sorry, an EVP, an EVP of so electronic voice phenomena. So right, what we're doing okay. is we're we're I've got my voice recorder, yeah. And I'm what we call a burst is what I'm doing is I'm asking questions but trying to get a response real time. So I say, oh, I see. Tell me your name. What are you doing here? Did you die here? And then and I'm, it's a, and it's a response that you haven't heard, but yeah. it's just appeared on the recorder. Yeah. Sure. So when you're playing it back, although you would have heard it necessarily in person, yeah. there would be mm. something so there. See, yeah, that, and that's what we're looking for. We call it an EVP burst because normally, what we, when we first started investigating, we'd have an EVP recorder, put it on there. Eight hours later, it would pick it back up, and then I've got to listen to eight hours yeah. times three times how many times we've done it. So actually, we do these bursts now to try and react to something in real time. So I'm standing there, and the, there's four of us on this island. I mean, on an island as well. We're in an old mental asylum. We're a top floor, and I'm standing there looking out, and I'm asking questions. And I say, I, I say, um, what we're and there you, to do? Was that when you were live streaming at the same time? Oh, we're, yeah, sorry, we're live streaming at the same time. So we've got all these guys watching back at home. That honestly, it's just it's the best experience ever. And I say, um, I always say, but is there a way? You know, is there a way we can help you? There's certainly yeah. a way you can help us by trying to respond. And I, when I say, is there some way we can help you? We don't hear anything. So we're no. and then suddenly Andy's like, my brother's recording, and Andy said, you've got to listen back to that. Like, bear in mind, Andy's in England, we're in Venice. You've got to listen back to it, and we didn't hear anything. So I'm just asking these random questions, and we listen to it back. And then when I say, is there a way I can help you? We capture a, a voice. It's like broken. I would say like broken German. It says, "I want to get out of here." 
right? And honestly, it's as clear as that. There's oh, no. Yeah. You heard it on the street, <clears throat> yes, as well as through the audio recorder, but so not. Yes, yeah, so you yeah, heard it. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Andy, if I mean, we probably would have, uh, we probably would have picked it up because we were asking Christian and we were listening back. But there could have been a time where I might have just switched it off and we yeah, might have yeah. gone off somewhere else. But Andy mm. heard it real time. And again, that's a video that's on our website. Listen to it. It is, it is the it's for me class A. It's it's heard real time as well as. Yeah, and you didn't hear it that point. And we point. didn't we didn't hear it at the time. Mm. It's me and my brother and two other people. There's no public. There's no outside interference. There's no cars going past. There's nothing apart from us on this island. And I capture a voice in, I always say broken German, but it's, it's a foreign, you know, a, a foreign tongue that says, I want to get out of here. Um, the annoying thing is when we listened to it on the island, it said, we thought it said, get out of here. Right, so okay. we were like, why do you want us to get out for? Like, yeah, we, it's like we went, question we went the wrong track. Mm -hmm. And it was only when we listened back to it, with Andy's like, listen, I think it, you said, how can I help you? And it says, I want to get out of here. And we went totally on. Why do you want us to get out of here? We're trying to be friends. We're trying, but we were excited about the, the EVP. But yeah, for me, again, it's a video you can watch on our website. It's for not for me. It's wow. phenomenal. And again, there'll be people out there that say, "Oh, yeah, no, that's state. it's not. It wasn't." We you see, the, you see the reaction of us now. Or so we're talking sort of ten years ago. So I don't know, probably six or seven years ago. But it is, it's phenomenal. The the venue is amazing. It's again. I think someone when you look on any Facebook group, people put on there where's the one place you want to investigate and it's like Alcatraz Corvillia you know Eastern um, State yeah and um, you got like the American ones people say Auschwitz and stuff like that yeah. it's up there with the f top five mm. but if you type in hold it most haunted islands it's that one and read the history it's creepy and I stayed wow. there at night and it's amazing but yeah that's my favourite experience <clears throat> <so. clears throat> yeah mine nowhere near as difficult no. <laughs> <laughs> there's no swinging across the uh... and so um uh, I quite like Preston Manor again because it just feels so homey and there's this, this little cupboard in one of the bedrooms and this bedroom used to be like a guest bedroom there was there was one of the family members who used to stay there and one of the first times we were there we were sitting in this, this room doing a little bit of calling out which is where you you either are just asking questions or more usefully if you're talking to each other about something or or, or kind of like Dan said, where you do a bit of role-playing where you're mm. talking about a story in the past or enacting mm. parts of it to try and get a bit of communication. And on the... And this was, it was this video, so I was taking photos, and at the end of the session, um, Beth turned to me and said, was that cupboard open? And I went through the photos and went, no, it wasn't when we went in. And then sort of cycled through and was like, oh, there it is. So then I looked through the video, and during that calling out, this, this cupboard door just slowly opens sort of just until it's about, until it's about full, one of the doors. So it was good we spotted it at the time because then we walked over and then like everyone in the team started jumping up and down on the floor <laughs> around this cupboard trying to get the thing to open on its own if there's any way. But the way it was sitting was kind of um, crosswise to the room. So the boards of the, the floor of the room were going across it and right. it was sitting on there. So it wasn't actually interacting with any of the boards anywhere else in the room and we couldn't get it to open. So... First thing to do is then we spoke to the, the curators or the security guards at the time saying, do you ever find that cupboard door just swings open on its own? And he said, um, no, not, not really had that. And I said, okay, but um, it's not been here very long, and uh, which is odd because the story is, is all this stuff was left behind. But occasionally they'd get donations from the local area who were people who would say, this is the same period, do you want mm. this? So it was actually quite new and added to that room, almost like it didn't belong there what is it doing there and someone was taking a look inside it 
And after that point, next time we went to the location again, we focused on that. We had a camera on it all night. <laughs> Tried again, this something happened. Nothing happened. The time after, it did. It opened up again. Um, no one was in the room at all. Just opened up. And then the third time we had it was Dems live streaming and standing in front of the cupboard talking about the fact behind me is this cupboard. We've had it open a few times. And then the cupboard just opened up behind wow, it. Wow, wow. And we've never been able to... And I've put no. vibration sensors on the top of this this thing and out, and in front of it. And we just can't get it to open without opening it. Sure. So I like that because it's a physical interaction. It happens occasionally multiple when we ask for it. Yeah. Multiple times. And there's a story behind it as well about why there's an interest in this cupboard. Mm. Yeah, so that's my, my favourite one. Excellent. Yeah. Do you want to bang out a couple? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your so the second one, and I think it's because, again, it happened multiple times. Up in Fort Whitley, there's um, a, a set of battlements which kind of run across the top. Yes. And it's got a fire step, and it's near the sort of parade ground area. And very early on investigating, I was, I was up there with, uh, with, with my partner, and I w- went off down one end and she was the other. And then she came up to me and said, I've just heard these footsteps walk up to me and stop. And then check back the video after we'd got home. And you can, you can hear this, these sort of noises and then stop dead. And then she calls out to say, is, is someone there? And then you just, and moves away. So the next time we went, I went all out. I got a parrot dish on one end of the, the battlements, put, put audio recorders every few metres down the entire length of it don't get anything next time we go I think okay I'm going to bit nuts last time I'm going to put like one up there and then and then I go and pick it up and as I go pick it up this parabolic dish um, I hear someone coming up behind me and I'm thinking someone else is just coming to join me and help me pick mm. up some stuff turn around and the footsteps I hear get faster so it's like and then it's like and then I see some of the grass moving in front of me and this is on an audio recorder, so mm. I'll go and check the audio, and you can hear it. But the weird thing is, is it doesn't sound like someone walking across grass, because the top of up the battlements is just just grass now, it's just turf. It sounded a bit like kind of crunchy gravel. Mm-hmm. And then Dan asked the the, the guy who's was the yeah, legend, the, the story in here. Yeah. Yeah. So we were hearing this this noise upstairs um, on, the, on the battlements, and he said, "Well, it, in Victorian times, it used to be shale." lying up the top of it when they, were, when they were parading up and down so we thought oh, this is interesting so we started looking at some of the history of the place and found a number of different soldiers who died up on that battlement so there was a few different people who fell off there was one guy that was hit by lightning someone was pushed and someone was had their head caved in so there's lots of lots of suspects which we've tried very unsuccessfully to communicate with anyone there but every time we go up spend some time up there and then the last time I heard it was a few years ago where we had a couple of the members of the public with me as well. And we all, there was like a group of us, all heard these footsteps walking up to where we were and then walking off. So the interesting thing there is that we've tried to communicate, it doesn't happen. And the same thing keeps happening in again mm. and again, which lends to a theory of a residual haunting, like yes. a recording which is just keep playing again and mm. again. But it isn't interacting with the environment. That sound is of the gravel, which doesn't exist anymore. No. So that that sound is being recalled, played, replayed again and again. And then also, interestingly, <laughs> mentioning the guy with the lightning, when I put the parabolic dish in the first time, there's the strangest noise at one point. It's just like this zinging noise that just comes out of nowhere. It's... Wow. <laughs> which um, didn't happen at the same time with the footsteps. It's slightly earlier on. Sure. But the problem is we can't get up there now. No, not really. They've, they've locked it off. Yeah. Not, hang on, not really. 
I'll get you up there. Okay, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what you know is who you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to go with my first one for the most for yeah. my third one. So that's when I was uh, at the Woodchester and wandering around, trying to hide from the rest of these people who were screaming and chasing each other. And we're trying to find a quiet spot. And I come near the door and think, oh, there's, a, there's an area over there, this room that's next to the front door. No one's in there. I'm going to head in there. Because I kind of thought there were some people in there already, but it was quiet. So we walked towards it, and then I'm holding this camcorder, and then I thought, oh, hang on, there's a gate here. We can't go inside there. There's no way of getting into this room. It was just full of rubbish It was as well, so it was just buzzing really room. And I got that spidey sense for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is a little bit weird. And I mm-hmm. started sort of calling out, is anyone there? Are you, are you watching me? And then I'm, at this point I've got a camcorder with an earphone in, so I'm hearing what's recording. And I hear, Arthur. <laughs> so... <laughs> I start saying, oh, is, is, is your name Arthur? Now, the weird thing is that's, that was the name of my father who'd passed not so long ago from that point. But I didn't actually relate it to that point. I didn't even think about that for some no, reason. Please. And then start calling out. But then later on, researched the building and one of the children of the guy who built it, his name was Arthur, but he died at a very early age. Mm. But the, you can listen to the recording now. It sounds like a, an older voice saying it. Mm. Almost like it's lamenting that name or something i don't know it's a little bit weird but enough to me thinking yeah. oh there's something there's something to yeah, this yeah. i want to know more a bit more about it and so here like are. here we are <laughs> mm. do you have a dream location mm. this is actually a question you sent in andy before you knew that you were coming to oh i see is that what that one is yes yeah <laughs> i thought that was the um the I see the kind of the one where you really want to go to. <clears throat> yeah. So a bucket um, list, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got a friend over in uh, Washington State, um, Bree Schrader, and she does, she does a podcast up there actually, um, Boo Crew Case Files, and um, she does a lot of stuff on location. So occasionally I've, I've like sort of joined her while she's actually investigating in this Saint Ignatius Hospital, which is like an abandoned hospital, and the videos I've seen from it are crazy. Yeah. The, one of them shows what some looks like a doctor walking off a corridor into a room and there's no one else in this building. And the amount of time she's gone there and just caught so many different sorts of things, noises, things you've seen, bits of equipment going off, and just keeps catching these things. I'd absolutely love to go check that place out. He's an American talk, his mind's out of mm. trying something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone like that, someone just deep history of violence, deep history of yeah, something, something tangible that you know have been there. I think Alcatraz is mm. probably up there at the moment. There's Waverly Hills, there's so many places in America that are so spoiled over there for amazing locations. But I guess we're spoiled over here about having locations close. That's that's what, every, when I'm speaking to people from the US yeah. they always say, I would love to go to Fort Horsted. Yeah. Or, <laughs> but they're lucky, aren't they? You know, they yeah, I think we're lucky that Fort Horse, there's an hour away, whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. they're trying to get from Alcatraz to yeah. the, you know, the bird cages. Or well, castles, yeah, they go, yeah. how many castles? And I say, we all live in castles. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I think someone like Alcatraz is mine. Alcatraz would be amazing. Again, not an add in, but. No. no. So that's why it's a dream one. Yeah. When there's a world, there's a way, I'm sure. Absolutely. Mm. So Dad asks, what's your thoughts on what ghosts or spirits actually are? That's a biggie. Ah, oh, it's a biggie. I don't know. 
maybe it's, maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's yeah, maybe it's too biggy. Yes, because yeah. I, mm. I think we've talked about lots of different sorts of yeah. things. So I'm I'm wondering if there's not just one answer. There's there's lots of different things to explain lots of different parts of it, and over time these things have just been grouped together. You actually see that with kind of claims where someone will say. I've heard of a, a kid called Emily, and we hear these footsteps, and some people feel like they're touched and their clothes are pulled, and they could just go, all these things are Emily, rather than thinking, okay, there's okay. several different things that you need to kind of investigate separately to work out if those are happening before you start grouping everything together. And I think that's what's happened with, with ghosts, mm. is that you've got these strange, unexplained events, which then have said, okay, I don't understand that, it's all, all a ghost. Yeah. I was, um, my Beth, my uh, partner Beth came up with this really interesting theory she told me about just earlier, <laughs> literally tonight, which uh, was fascinating. One thing which we keep getting is either names of people who were at our locations or, the, or voices which sound like people we're with or sometimes seeing people which look are people in our team like dan who's up in the, <coughs> the stairway been, there's honestly there's been a few times where Anne yeah we've seen, seen and heard me yeah i've not only not been there i've not been on the event so i've been <laughs> oh i'm not yet. there at all physically not on location wow. this, is what, this is where beth has sort of said yeah so it's, it's a, a proposition is if you had say um, multiple dimensions multiple parallel universes i see where you're going with this yeah yeah I like this. And one one parallel universe, Dan didn't go to Woodchester yep. Mansion that night, and one and this one he did. What if the something happens at that location or that point in the world where you're actually seeing that crossover? And it's thinning, and you and can it's trans- thinning, and yeah. you can just about see this alternative reality where we're actually just seeing Dan investigating the place, or we're hearing his voice, or we're hearing that calling out, mm. and it's really just we're talking to ourselves basically. I've actually seen, I've actually heard my own voice on a TV show once. Do you remember that at all? It was like Ghost Adventures and they were doing some calling out and it's me. (laughs) (laughs) It's really weird. That's an interesting theory though because it's, yeah, it could be that, yeah, we are echoes of ourselves interacting with ourselves. But you mentioned before, Andy, about kind of projecting or manifesting thoughts into some kind of physical kind of... Um, being or manifestation I think that's quite an interesting aspect I can see why it's a bit of a, a challenging question to answer because it could be all these things yeah. and conversely it could be none of them mm. that's the thing people say to me do, do you know what it is no I don't I, I mean I wouldn't be I guess if we had this holy grail of a spirit we picked up or a ghost we picked up or something in the very beginning would we still keep doing what yeah, we're doing exactly. we've actually done mm. set out our goal to try and find find something but it's not like we, we, we had a conversation in the car didn't we about residual hauntings about intelligent hauntings and how people get grouped into that so residual is something that just happens so just whether you're there or not that lady's going to walk through the wall that you know in, in winchester for instance there's a lot of residual claims where mm. they're seeing half soldiers um and everyone said oh because there's those of battles that have happened there well actually from a residual point of view these soldiers are just walking the old road so all you're seeing is half of them and they're not doing they're not interacting with you no. so the, the sort of residual haunting is something that's like a ticker tape theory, like a stone tape theory. It's something that's been sort of, yeah, just replaying. And if you're lucky just, enough just to recording. Ca- recording, if mm. you're lucky enough to capture it, then great, you've had an experience with them. Intelligent hauntings are something where you said, knock this or do this, and you're actually getting an intelligent response from it. You know, they're, they're or, the sort of. Two- or something moving. Yeah. It has to be aware of the present environment to be able to move something that's actually there at that point. They're the sort of two, I guess they're the sort of two that we. And then yeah, the third one propped up was, in the car on the way here. We I love read, reading about old ghost hunters, not like mm. just you know in their seventies, like <laughs> one, ones that just did in the thirties. So I was yeah. reading um, 
Harry Price book, and he had a theory about revenant hauntings, which is which I'd say Preston Manor fits in quite well, or the movie The Others, where you, you right, have a okay. spirit who's not repeating the same thing they're doing every day, but also not aware of anything that's going on no. in the present time. So they're there. You can pick them on the, upon them sometimes, but not all the time because they're doing different things constantly. Yeah. Just they're, they're living their, their life. life. Yeah. They're just yeah. not aware. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's how do you define? I, mean, I guess the only way you define that is if, say, for instance, three o'clock, you witnessed, uh, you know, a lot of this. Where an older house where a woman's walked out of a wall and walked into another wall. Straight away, you're going residual. She's not interactive with you. It's residual. But actually, unless you see her walk past the same time, mm. the same, the same thing, the same time, on the same day. So you go back a year later or whatever, and it's happened again or whatever. whatever how often she used to do that. Then is it residual, or actually, then are we talking? Was it or was it revenant? It was it revenant? Mm. Is is she just doing the laundry, or he just doing the laundry, or whatever, whatever the situation is? And you've been lucky enough to capture that, and it's, it's not going to be there next year because she might. She, they won't be she doing might the, laundry. the laundry every week yeah. or every Tuesday or whatever, you know. So, can we ever answer that? What is a spirit? What is a ghost? Probably not really, but. No, yeah. but we we can chip away at it. Yeah, and that's I think. what we're doing. We're, chip, we're just trying to yeah. chip away and see what we pick up. But yeah. <coughs> Sure, there'll be things that we'll never understand Absolutely. in this universe. That's the best I, thing. I about hope it. so. It'd be really sad if we knew how everything worked. And yeah. Definitely. What, what would be left? Weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so this is quite a good question that Alex put into the notes. What top things should you not do? on a paranormal investigation. Yeah, it's just more from a... If someone hasn't been along to one of these things before, is there etiquette? I think probably the answer is yes from Sally, but is there is there things that you definitely is a no-no, either in terms of your preconceptions or the way you conduct yourself? Is there is there anything that you can kind of say, yes, if, if you're going to come along to these things, these are things that we prefer not to happen, either because of the experience authenticity or otherwise now, I've got one actually okay. singing a certain song by Ray Parker Jr <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> right, do explain I'm intrigued yeah and well it's, it's a very do. famous 80s yeah so just just humming or singing on Ghostbusters like when, when Dan's trying to explain something <laughs> <laughs> is this a uh, is this a bit like um, what was the episode we did Coincidences and I completely destroyed it, and I probably would have had my head caved in. Is it a bit like that? <laughs> Possibly. What yeah. was it? What cover of the song? Uh, well, I, I can't remember. I did it my way, Frank Sinatra. Oh, yes. I completely butchered it, but apparently in certain places in the world, if you uh, butcher the song in karaoke, people will come after you with knives and stuff. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah it becomes wow. murderous. Uh, no predisposition, and there's been murders all across the world of people singing this song where there hasn't been... Precedence before. Wow. Hmm. I wouldn't be here now if that was. Don't sing. Like a bit of karaoke, don't you? So I, I would say, I would take sort of more do's than don'ts. I think I think come mm. along with an open mind. I think don't. I, I think don't you do, yeah, do's and don'ts with this. Don't try and think like watch a TV program and think it's all going to happen. You got to think. Bear in mind that from the most haunted series, they were there from a Thursday to a Sunday. You're coming along for me for six hours, where four of them were investigating mm. really or around four investigating don't be rude but I think be in, have an open mind I think uh, yeah don't 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 take the, the building or the experience for granted I I think there's there's lots of do's but I think that coming along with an open mind is massive yeah. you know whether some of the worst experience we have is 
oh, I didn't even know I was coming tonight. Uh, she she's brought me along, or uh, she had a spare ticket, and then then you just know there's a battle straight away. I don't want you to believe. I don't I don't need you to believe that that we'll work on that throughout the night with yeah. the experiments and the different things we do. But just come along with the right. It's got to be a neutral yeah. position, right? Absolutely, because mm. yeah. it works both ways. If if you, you really do believe and you're going along, then you still don't. You need to have that open mind because not everything's going to be a ghost. No. Yeah. Yeah, just be willing to give that, give it. Just give, be willing to give it a go. Just be open minded with it. We're not saying you need to get involved in everything. You don't need to do a Ouija board if you don't want to do a Ouija board or the spirit board. You don't need to get involved in stuff, but just, just be there. Like, just, give, just give us a chance because yeah, I think it's enjoyable if you if you go there with the right attitude. Hmm. I'd say also just be respectful of other people. You know, don't ruin it for everyone else. Don't like throw things and say, oh, did someone hear that? Right. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah, it's. Just, yeah. I've been on a couple of investigations, not not with you guys, no. but where I think we did um, the the prison in Portsmouth, Kingston prison, yeah, Kingston, yeah. I think we did it in 2019, and someone was throwing stones at the ladder, and we're like, What's why are you in it? What what? Why are you here? There's been a lot of times where I've turned around to someone and said, listen, you've paid 35 pounds between the three of you. You you know you spent best part of 100 and odd pounds. Mm. You travelled here tonight. You, you're just laughing and joking. Why well, you should have taken that to the park? Yeah, like, like, <laughs> yeah. Go to exactly. You'd have a meal with that and everything if you wanted. Yeah. To. Just go, you know, be here for be there for the right reasons, I guess, and be willing to be give it an open mind and give it a go and respect the building. And yeah, see what see what you get from it, really. So we've got an interesting one, and I know Andy looked at this, and he's reduced the sound on it and stuff. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on Kelly's video? She said, "Oh, could you play them that weird noise video of mine and see what they think it could be?" Still cannot work out what it is. Just, just a bit of a flashback. We we talked about this two years ago now, was it? Yeah. Um, and Kelly sent us a video, um, and it, it put some hairs up on my arms so hearing it again thanks Dan as I'm driving here yeah. wasn't particularly great for my uh, health and safety on the car but um, well we've got an isolated noise but we'll play the original clip and then we'll play Andy's isolated clip yeah with with adjustments yes yeah. so So just for a bit of context, she claims her kids weren't in the house, her cats were all in sight, and it was enough for her to get up. If you've watched the original video, Absolutely. she gets up, she goes to the kitchen door, she goes, what's going on? It's interesting. Is it a cat, though? That's the question. Well, yeah, the thing so. is, the thing that caught me as well, because I am, um, after taking a look, because the original audio is a lot higher mm. pitched, isn't it? Mm. But also seems quite quicker. So what I've done in that audio is reduce the pitch, um, I didn't change the, the tempo to reduce the pitch. I got well, no, I got rid of the noise floor first, then reduce the pitch, and then um, I put on this this filter. So I've noticed on some of the the EVPs we get, or sometimes disembodied voices and footsteps, there is a certain band, quite a low band, between 400 and 550 hertz, which seems to be kind of quite predominant in these recordings. Mm. So for years, I've been whenever I get an EVP, EVP the first thing I do is do a bit of a boost on a graphical equaliser of those frequencies. And it seems to clarify, it seems to pull it up. So done that on there as well, to try and get it a bit clearer. So after fiddling around with it, making it making it a lower pitch so you can sort of hear it, and then put it out there a little bit to a number of people who I mm. talk to about evidence, to just kind of poll it. I like quite doing that. When I've got a good bit of evidence, I chuck it out. 
see what people say about it because that's a good way of getting different opinions. Mm -hmm. And there's been a real wide range of what people have been thinking there. <clears throat> One person thought they heard like a, a chanting noise. Um, and one person said that heard a sentence in, in there, and well, a couple of invariants in the same sentence, but most people said it sounded animalistic, like it was a dog or a cat crying, mm. but which would make sense for the cat, but I'm sure that Kelly knows the sound of her cats. Yeah, and also, I mean, again, I'm showing my um, my lack of knowledge here, but cats are ultra sensitive to these things right yeah so if there was some noise or something would they not have reacted at the same time as kelly perhaps my cat mm. looks at nothing it will be it will sit there and its eyes will just like its pupils will dilate and i'll be like what the what are you looking at <laughs> it is kind of weird but I, I think when i asked you what were your thoughts you said it sounded like it was saying why don't they let me leave yeah, and the more I started to listen to it, I thought, "Is have you influenced me?" Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting experiment as well. If you listen to that sentence now, and then play the cleared up one. You'll so, hear that. So say the sentence well. again. Yeah, right. But I heard nothing before that. They don't let me leave. Why don't they let me leave? Didn't hear it so much that time. I didn't, but there's definitely a sentence structure. Yeah, there yeah. is. I did think that the first time, but there is an animalistic aspect. Yeah, so that's quite an interesting one. So unfortunately, Kelly, I don't think we've really got quite an, no. an explanation. But there could be several things it could be. I think what I like from the video, from the from the videos, uh, what I like about it is they get sent lots of audio clips, and from an audio clip could be could be anything. Yeah, there's see, no context. You, see, you, see you don't reaction, see the situation. See reaction. You see, she responds, it's legitimate. To and she gets yeah. up and goes behind her. Mm. So that's interesting yeah. that if the, she heard it behind her when her cats that's, presumably yeah. are on, on the, the sofas couch. in front of her, yeah. Yeah, so she reacts to the noise and goes towards it and responds to it. So that tells me that she, she heard this. She almost seems want... protective of mm. something as well. Yeah, it's odd. Mm. What is oh, it? She... We don't know. It's yeah. brilliant. It's been um, good to. We've talked about some of our experiences tonight where we've heard things and we can't explain it. Yeah. Mm. That's a B. Mm. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Need more do more work. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, she's moved out of that house oh. now, so we'll never get or any answers. Unfortunately, depending on your yeah, album. Depending, depending, yeah, depending <coughs> yeah. on However, her husband now, before they actually got together, he used to do a lot of paranormal investigations, and apparently, they investigated the house before that because there was always weird going ons. And he showed me some of the videos. It must have been Christmas of 2021, and I went home with chills. Did you? It was so weird. Amazing. I'll have to try and get him onto a paranormal Absolutely. investigation. He used to have all the gear, but he sold it. I'm oh. gutted. Shame. We didn't need any more. You found it. Yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> found the ground, hasn't he? So. so I've got one final question. Uh, so this is Luke again. He says, is there a point where experiencing paranormal phenomena is no longer scary? I've had a few experiences and seen two full apparitions. I mean, that's the gold dust, right? Mm. And each time I absolutely shat myself. I'd love to go on an investigation, but don't fancy paying to leave halfway after crapping myself. Yeah. And then paying for the dry cleaning the next day. <laughs> He's tied this all up, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. We wouldn't let him leave, but I wouldn't let him leave if he came with us. We'd, we'd, you know, we're, Bring we're, some we're, 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 we're a lot more grounded than just everyone running and screaming. I don't think there's ever going to be a time where something doesn't feel weird. Yeah. I don't think I get scared. So we're talking about this, 
you know, sort of thir- te- 13 odd years ago where I was like, didn't want to go upstairs. I mean, we were talking when I was a kid, so we want to go upstairs on my own, you know, stuff like that. Now you, now you wander between all the groups. And now most, now most I, I've, I've had to be brave. I've had to, I've had to, I've had to get myself so I could be in one part of the building and someone on radio through and say, Dan, can you come down here? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no I don't want to. But you have to get to the stage where I wander around with no torch now. I just, I just, yeah. And you, get, you actually get a lot of things when you, quite, yeah, yeah, when, when you, you wander between things. In a vulnerable situation. Do you ever not get scared? I'd say probably not. I don't think I wouldn't say scared's the word. You always got you, your senses are heightened. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're in somewhere that's supposedly haunted, and the lights are turned off. Do you ever not get scared? No, probably. I think there's always that height of apprehension, I guess, but. I think I think using that emotion is, is is good and using your sense of I think if you take a venue for granted and you're a bit more chilled and relaxed with it, you can miss stuff. And if you're if you are heightened and you are, you know, respectful of the place, but a little bit, I wouldn't say on edge, but a little bit, you know, sort of. I don't think it ever goes away. I don't think I don't think that weird thing ever goes away. No. But if it did come with us, then we'd make sure we would manage that situation as well. It was not a case of just like everyone screaming, you've seen someone get get yourself out. Yeah. For mm. us. We'd spend the next three hours investigating mm. and reenacting. Yeah, yeah. Right, you go through that window, or you go through this, and you try to do this. So actually, he would be a part of trying to find out what went on, trying to reenact it. You know, rather than just run away from it and go home. I'd be really disappointed if that's the way we reacted. But uh, then, again, like you say, it's, it's kind of you, you look to the rest of the people you're with. Yeah. Um, to how to, to react, and if most of those are then just kind of going towards the thing, yeah. then it's I think it's a bit more mm. bit more cool. secure and safe, isn't it? And I'll bring some spare trousers if you come. Yeah. <laughs> or some pegs. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of the two. yeah. So Luke, if you're listening, you're always welcome. Always I mean, welcome, Luke's man. one of my friends, so I mean, he would always tag along with me and Absolutely. Dad and the rest of the gang. So it's always good fun. Always welcome. So um, where can our listeners find you? So websites, social media handles, and of yeah, course, so this is a good opportunity for Andy to plug his gadgets and his website <laughs> and so, podcast. Yeah. So we're www.southerngoesighty.co.uk. That's our main website. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or X as it's known now. So uh, Twitter yeah, X, Twitter X. We're we're on all of them, and it just a lot of them are just at Southern Ghosts. So if you pop, pop in that, you'll find us. YouTube's a really good place to go for us. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to get more followers on YouTube. We can get a thousand followers on YouTube. We can go live from our events every time, and it's a real good right. streaming platform. We can go live from Facebook at the minute, but. You, because Facebook is all of our friends away from ghosts and you get the wrong type of audience. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, we want to try and go from that. So at Southern Ghost, um, yeah, on all on all social media platforms is where you'll find us. Um, ask questions through the site. You can actually link on our site as well through our social media pages. So if you go to www.southerngoastsite.co.uk, you'll see all our all our social media pages there, our video links and so on. And yeah, give us a follow. You can join the membership, so it's free to join us, um, and you'll get sort of updates on events and sort of ticket news and stuff like that from a from the society point of view. But yeah, that's us. So yeah, to you, mate. So um, maybe a slight backstory. So I used to make the all the equipment for the team and myself, but during lockdown, um, other people were interested in buying it, and we weren't really investigating. So I, I put together a, a brand called Skyre, spelled S C I R E. And I have a website called skyattack.co.uk, where the equipment which have come, has come from our research, really, and from yeah. those data loggers and from the patterns we've seen in the paranormal, that's that's where all that came from. So you, it, that can be picked up from there. Um, and I pretty much focus everything through skyattack.co.uk. You can you can catch me on the other social media things all from there. Just built a new shop. Oh. Had a cool. Halloween sale. Go to check out and put Halloween there. You'll get 10% off. 
I'll probably keep that on there for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I'll be coming back for Christmas. Dad wants some more gadgets. There we go. Perfect. Blue, I'm guessing. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> going back to the Portsmouth football club yeah. stuff. Yeah. Definitely doing red and white one. It's still annoying. Oh, I see. <laughs> love that. Put stripes that. through it. Yeah. That will really wind him up. And the only other question I think I had was, so when this goes out around Halloween, have you got anything that you want to plug in terms of upcoming events or schedules? That... So we're starting, this is probably the busiest period of the year for us. Mm. We've still got a few tickets available, actually. So we're. I think this month we're... Um, uh, the 14th we're at the secret location there's still tickets available for that but I think that this will come out a little bit later than that but we're always there we're, it's, it's a local place we're the only team that are able to investigate it will say private location secret location on the side but it will give you a real decent rundown of what it is you can always message me and I'll tell you it's just because of the nature of the building now we've just been promised that we're not allowed to give the name of the building out they don't want every Tom Dick or Harry I guess contacting them but uh, yeah uh, we've got Fort, Fort Perbert coming up um, in November Fort, uh, and Burleson Brickworks coming up so it's yeah, December the 2nd, December the 2nd. so if anything sort of shows sold out always give us a quick message because we have tickets sort of move move around people can come people can't come but yeah there's about six events left for the rest of the year And but this is a real pivotal time because we start to build for next year so you'll also you'll start to see sort of events happening from February onwards next year and some big and exciting places mm. coming next year so cool can't wait awesome well, thank you both for joining yeah, us. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. It's been great. It's been good to speak out. We can yeah, speak been good. Good few hours. Can we yeah, it's just tip of the iceberg. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we'll back for next year for a volume two of something. Maybe. Absolutely. Maybe on uh, on location. Because I, I, oh, yes. I don't know if we're ever going to beat this as a Halloween episode. Possibly not. <laughs> on location, I think, next year. Well, I'm not going to commit, but possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make it. We'll do see. It. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> But thank you. No worries. Thank you for inviting us. It's been been a pleasure. And there we go. We'll just uh, bid farewell to our friends from Southern Ghost Society. Um, Really good episode, Dan. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I'm so pleased we had them on. We've been talking about it for a couple of months now. And, um, you know, you've done those those tours or those investigations and you come back and you shared them with me or on, on the Halloween episodes and there's nothing better than getting actually the people that run it mm. to kind of give you their experiences and, and it was so good and uh, not that I was expecting it but we didn't get the you know the the whole oh you'll be really scared at this situation or yeah. you know go there because you'll get jump scares I wasn't expecting it. I didn't get it, which is great. But it was more of a kind of respectful, and it, it really was in the nature of wanting to understand more, not you know for cheap thrills. And um, it's great. Yeah, as I mentioned, they're not they're non-profit. They want you to go there with an open mind. They want you to enjoy the experience. And do you know what? If you go away with nothing, at least you tried. No, definitely. But yeah, yeah. love those boys. Um, I mean. We might take them up on the offer of a live location. I don't know. Dan's giving me the eyes, and I, I, I did get the hard sell from the lads as they left. The, but, but very kind. Um, maybe you know. Maybe um, in a year we'll uh, we'll go out and we'll do a a live recording. It's got to be very tame for me though, Dan. You've got to ease me yeah. in there because it'll be my first one. But uh, never say never. Um, but you know, look, if if any of our listeners are, are interested, or perhaps they uh, they have gone on a subsequent. Um, investigation and they want to share their experiences you know look, don't wait until next year 
let us know if you know if if we have inspired you to to go and find out you know what's out there then by all means come back and let us know because we're always keen to hear about your stories and your experiences yeah definitely it's it's a lot of fun if you say so Dan yeah but Alex we've got uh, this is a bit odd so this is this is sort of recorded ahead of time it is pre-recorded so we're in September but thinking ahead so we've got November December yeah we'll probably do a film review of the Marvels we will yeah that comes out early November right yep um, possibly Loki season two, if that lands, should do. Should I think it's next. I mean, at the time of recording, it's next week. I think it's so, yeah. We'll probably wrap up. Possibly, then. maybe. We're not sure about Loki yet. To be honest, nothing's ever really set in stone on the topic, apart from our annual specials, which be Christmas Chris- speech. Christmas time, we are like clockwork. Yeah, so we've got our Christmas speech. So um, Dan will be dressing up as a king again as he was this year, uh, last year, this year. Um, and we'll have an alternative Christmas Day message. Uh, and for Christmas this year, we're going to do something slightly different. We're going to do the OTT Awards. Yeah, so we, this is a brainchild of Dan's, but every year we tend to talk about what's a Christmas movie, what isn't our favourites, your favourite mm. Christmas movies. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be doing the awards, you know, um, what's our favourite episode, what's gotten this what's gotten that and um it's a it's a really good way just kind of retrospectively look back at our year and we've had quite a lot of episodes actually this year yeah um i didn't realize how much you crammed in so i think there's going to be some good contenders i've sure. drawn up a good list so favorite uh best film and then it'll be like a runner-up for example mm-hmm. or tv series it should be a good episode yeah no, really forward to that one. That one. i'm not sure about gaming though i've put gaming um Awards in there. I might have to pass it on to my brother, who's a bit more au fait and up together with There's it. There's only two in the running, and one hasn't even been released yet. But it's Starfield or Spider Man 2. Oh, good choice. Look forward to that one episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, if well, you want to get in contact, yeah. we are on Facebook, t- X, Twitter, whatever you call Instagram, it, Instagram, TikTok, which is at On the Topic Podcast, and our email address is On the Topic Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, well, we're on uh, WordPress or YouTube. That is our website. It's um, topicpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, go and have a look and peruse our site. You've got our ugly mugs on there. You've got our bios. You've got our whole back catalogue. If you haven't got a podcast player of preference, you can stream it straight from there. Um, subscribe, and you can be notified when a new episode drops, as many of you do. Uh, alternatively, you can go to YouTube. We are now on YouTube, so all you've got to do is search for OTTGITS, which, of course, as you know, listener, is OTT Get in the Sea, uh, or search on a topic podcast, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. And the moment it drops, you can have it in the background if you're working, mm. or if you're doing the painting, or the cooking. You know, you don't have to use your smart speakers, you can put your laptop on, or whatever device, and you can stream on YouTube too. And a lot of you do, in fact. Um, a lot of our, our listeners from that podcast come across all the world now. It's insane. Uh, and India, so hello to our Indian listeners, and thank you for for you know for listening to and watching the videos. It's great to have you on board. But yeah, let us know where you are across the world. Leave us comments in the videos. Send us a message. Where are you listening from? It'd be great to hear from you. What are you up to? Yeah, and if you're on Spotify, give us a, a rating uh, out of five stars. Hopefully, you give us five. Uh, helps with the algorithms. Yes, please. Brings more people in. So, uh, yes, get involved. 
Most Sorry, I, before I go into the socials, I think I'll cut you off. Did I? Uh, no, that is fine. Sure. Well, as I was going to say, uh, well, January we have our most anticipated. Of course. Don't know how you can forget that, but we have our most anticipated 2024. Oh, it's always a good episode. One of my favourite annual episodes of the year. It's going to be a ding I think dang all, all our annual episodes are my favourites. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. So, yeah, for a, uh, another week, I am probably going to go home uh, with the lights on and contemplate life as we know it. I'm Alex. And I'm going to go on Andy's website. I need to order my dad some more equipment. Uh, I've been Dan. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> ah!